This is Tom from Third Rail Design Lab. And it's a Blake beginning against Simmons. And Mike Rowe. Your, your narrative, Mike. Oh, what's the I'm point sorry, of having a narrative, a, Mike? What's the point of having a handle if you're just going to give it all away? Eh, I'm pretty givey. I am hand solo. <laughs> <laughs> and you're both you're handy. Dead. So. You're dead. Yeah, we're de- we're doomed. I can tell. Hand over. And it's time Hand to. Hand over. Yeah. Release the Kraken. Why'd she bring you back? Ford made each of us for a reason. Even Dolores. I came back to find someone who could help me. Someone strong enough to stop her if it comes to that. These violent delights have violent ends. How the hell are you guys? Doing pretty well over yourself. It wasn't a trick question. (laughs) I'm kind of in a weird state right now. Good? Good is kind of very minute to minute. It's a contextual... It's a relative contextual question, but in the in the grand scheme of things, I think we're all doing pretty great. Yeah, I mean, it's not like there's a pandemic or anything. Yeah, right. And it, so. Well, I'm not eating my children to survive or anything. Not yet. Not yet. Well, and, and, he, and he got a and he have a fully stocked liquor cabinet. I'm looking back there for the first time. The the big bottle of Cremo and things. It's, uh, <laughs> you're doing pretty well. Yeah. Alcohol, well. books comics and laundry yeah and laundry to to be quite honest i also thought that i was running low and i thought oh no this this just cannot do i don't have my mixers and so i made an order of some supersized ones just for you know just to be um, prudent and reasonable and then i opened a box and found my previous order so i'm good to go i think tonight i'll be mixing i'll be mixing vodka with vodka and uh, so, speaking of that, let's let's start off with our sucking the monkey segment for those who have never listened before, or it's been a while, or they're suffering in a in a in, in a oblivion. malnutrition-induced food state. Uh, this is where we talk about what cocktails we're having or not having, or in the case of uh, Mr. Blake, it's rosé. So, no, I actually I'm going to surprise you tonight. Okay, then, what? Go ahead. I'm doing What's hibiki. Up? I'm doing hibiki. Tell me more. That uh, Japanese whiskey. Oh, so oh, yeah. Terrible. And where did you get said whiskey? I ask you. It's it's been in my cabinet. I just have been trying to save it because I love it uh, yes. very much. Yes. And it's a uh, it's a it's a Japanese Harmony, the varietal, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. it is not inexpensive. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I've been trying to save it, but uh, I was just so tired of rosé. I had to pour a double finger. <laughs> uh, something else besides rosé so that's the one that's made from it's like distilled from the tears of salaryman right yes and and transformers and transformers <laughs> the tears of transformers <laughs> they saw they saw their own first original movie and they're like everyone's dead uh okay oh. and uh aged and, in mothra silk right there you yeah, go that's right that's godzilla sack and Godzilla just, sack. I, wait, I've never drink something from Godzilla sack. I'm uncomfortable now. Isn't that where Mothra comes out of? No, it's an extra gland. It's no, an it's extra gland. gland. It's a gland. Okay. It's a gland. It's a, gland it's a pituitary issue. It's a pituitary issue. It's just, well, they're going to make... They just announced today, in fact, that they're making a prequel animation to the original movie. 
which I thought was interesting because they have the opportunity mm-hmm. to fuck it up from both directions. Yeah, no, yeah it, but it's it's got to be better than what I heard about a potential Kong Godzilla. Uh, I'm thinking Alien versus Predator, Nightmare, all over again. That's been again. on the books for a while. Uh, I know, but, but, but now, but now it's but the, the, the don't give me the two finger there. The trigger is right. pulled. Yeah. All right. Well. But anyway, what do you what do you uh, folks uh, sucking which monkey? Uh, well, so, you go. You go. me. Um, okay, so I'm having a kettle one concoction. So it's kettle one uh, mint cucumber infused vodka with some elderflower tonic and actually some cucumbers floating in it because nice. i'm keeping it i'm keeping it fancy tonight just for you jen fresh yes there's I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm having a nice hot day yes did you say uh, elderberry tonic did that actually come out of your mouth <laughs> oh, sure did, elderberries elderberries like oh there's nothing like a good elderberry addition to a nice a nice cocktail I'm pretty sure that if you were to take like a, a I'm pretty really sure I've never had that I'm and stab, sure. <laughs> take a big long harpoon and stab Godzilla's sack or whatever you were referring to, an elderberry no, tonic that, would come out of it. Yes. See, that's what happens when you break a pustule as opposed to massage it. That's a problem. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what have I got myself into? <laughs> and Mr. And, and Mr. Mike, uh, what about you over there? So, so oddly enough, I am drinking the rosé right now. <laughs> so uh, when like... we moved out here recently, uh, we found Lefty. I'm not yep. sure if you've ever had Lefty. It's yes, uh, uh, it's it is hands down like drinking jam. And if that doesn't sound good to you, <laughs> don't drink it. That's that's your prerogative. <laughs> I love it. And then this rosé tastes like peaches, and it just makes me happy. So that's hilarious. Yeah. I just yeah. I just. I just I've had probably three cases of rosé uh, in the past six eight weeks, and it's just I'm done. That's fair. Is... Like, I'm usually a cab person, so this is like hardcore far left field for me. Oh yeah, uh, I, yeah. So it's, some, it's just interesting. there's some uh, there's some uh a wine of some type that my wife keeps trying to order and it's always out of stock at Bevmo and she keeps going fucking carry Ann which is hilarious because I think that's where we were introduced to it was like is you it had butter? it by the case. Is it butter? Yeah. Is it no is it butter? Is it the wine butter? No, it, you know it's another one. But anyway. Unruly. I, 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 it may be unruly. Well whatever it is, Carrie yeah. Ann got it all. Um okay. The joy of Bevmo. That is a that is also a new thing to me. Coming out here just like this is an amazing store. I love okay. this store. <laughs> and they were one of the, they were absolutely the first essential service I visited once we got back from Tahoe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we you, made... you can make your order and they'll roll it out to you. Oh, it's perfect. Yes, they will. I'm, I'm ashamed to say I've, I've seen them repeatedly at this point. <laughs> <laughs> no, so a friend of mine, a friend of mine, he, he, uh, I thought I was doing bad on the alcohol intake department with the, the, yeah. the rose fix and other things. But this gentle person uh, gets like a six pack of the of the one liter vodkas from Costco, mm-hmm. and he says it's every two weeks, but it happens every week. Oh my <laughs> word! So, yeah, the, the, it's the uh, it is the end of the world as we know it. I At feel fine. Time, though, you just got <laughs> yeah, rose free Europe. What do you want to, let's do our um let's do the thing we do where we talk Rose about Rosé Free Europe. I said it. 
Oh. It mm. happened, but it took a minute. So um, here it is, guys. We're going to do the Red Sky Roundup. So this is, again, the brief segment where we talk about some news items. I identified some items mm-hmm. to talk about. And then you can add to it if you wish. And mm-hmm. here's my first item. Are you ready? Yes. What Shoot. what do you think? What do you think about what I wrote down here as the theater wars? And I'm referring to two things. I'm referring to uh, Universal going up against uh, the the AM, yeah, well the chains and then AMC um, shitting the bed immediately. And then I'm also <laughs> talking about uh, certain studios <laughs> attempting to pin high profile movies for release regardless of uh, quarantine status. So how do you feel, first of all, about the the issue of uh, Universal versus uh, AMC and whoever else it was, Regal or whoever? Um, Who do you think is on the right and the wrong side of that particular exchange? So Hmm. I guess break down down what the essential argument is from both sides for people who don't know. So obviously the big problem in – well, the big problem in the entertainment – distribution world has been that the movie theaters are closed and so all of these theater owners have very high rents um and were expected to make money have no one coming into the theater and at the same time production has stalled on all these films and the films that were already in the can yeah the studios don't want to release them because no one's gonna go and so the first out of the gate was so then the discussion became about well let's put it on vod right away which had been talked about for a year before this anyway uh-huh. as an experiment. Yep. But it was usually talked about in tandem. It's going to come to the theater and streaming at the same time. Or Which it's been an, being done for a couple months at this point, right? Minimal. Right, right. And then, and or if it's like an indie film or like a, you know, let's say a, a weaker draw film, yeah. then, you know, they do it both ways and see what happens. Much like right. Blake. Now, the other, mm-hmm. the issue though is that in this particular instance, wow. we're talking about... No, it's true. It's true. About... it's true. It's true. Um, yeah, well, in this case, what we're talking about is a, a, a major film. If we're going to say Trolls World Tour is major, it's major enough. It's not. They put it's money not. into it. It's supposed to bring in money. Yeah. And they decided to release it directly to VOD, and they gave yep. it the $20 price tag, right? The dollar, Yep. You know, like 1.5 persons to see it. And it made really good numbers, which are highly skewed statistics because everyone's just sitting on their hands and they haven't got kids. So it made good numbers. Sure. Mm-hmm. So then Universal announced that it was intending to start releasing movies on VOD and in the theater at the same time, or starting with movies on VOD first and then see how things pick up again once quarantines are lifted. And the correct response, I think, might have been different than what the first out of the gate of the consortium of the theater owners did, which was AMC. And they immediately jumped on it and said, this is an effing outrage and you can't do this. And theater, you know, if you're not, we're not going to show any universal movies ever. If you're going to do streaming and blah, 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 you're hurting the industry and, and we're going to, we're going to pout. So, so it's basically we all die together or no one lives. Yes. Fair. <laughs> and, and I think. Right. I mean, does that make I, any sense? Yeah. Everyone dies. No. no one lives. That's right. It does. <laughs> one of those two. Well, and the thing is, yeah. Yeah, every day is better than the next. Well, and mm-hmm. so the thing is, I think that the proper approach to that, just like it should be in, in, in any marketing uh, uh, crucible like this, is to say, hey, you know, that's cool and all, and everyone's trapped at home, and we know this, but, you know, there are reasons why people love to go to the movies, and they are this and this. And also, we're all luxing up all our theaters in most places, so recliners yeah, yeah. and nice, you know, adult 
foods and you know bigger experiences and there's the camaraderie and there's all these other things they could have they could and have expensive drinks expensive drinks yes for, yes like, yeah they're, they're trying to keep with, they're trying to keep people at home recliners yeah. <laughs> they're trying to keep well, people at home yeah but i mean but so i, I guess uh, i would turn your question on its head and ask like how, are we are we there yet are no. are we there where yeah. The, the big the big movie screen thing is a thing of the past and it's really just straight to your TV or whatever viewing device that you have and that's how they generate all the revenue by charging 20 40 bucks a pop and it's interesting okay. because yeah. the theater experience because the theater experience right when you see all those gross revenues from box office mojo and others uh, the those numbers don't represent you have to take 50 percent off for the theaters. Think if you could get a movie without the overhead of a theater and go straight to consumer. That's pretty powerful. I don't yeah. think we're there yet, but but I think it's coming. Well, yes, that's correct. They cut off a lot. On the other hand, um, there's a too big to fail problem, right? If the if the theaters themselves start to drop and they're not getting all that supplemental revenue, mm-hmm. because that's what's driving. And it's not just the sale of the tickets, but there's also the marketing that's associated with right, right, the right. advertising leading into it. But I think the other problem is the fallacy that Trolls World Tour making good money. You know, they say, oh, it made it made more than its enti- the first one's entire release in the theaters. Well, well, that's nice. Except, except I heard another thing, which was saying they talked about the what does it take for one of these major films to really succeed? Yeah. And we'll even take out the marketing budget that doubles the cost of the movie. Just mm-hmm. the basic gross costs of production. The the best performing streaming uh, pay-per-view ever was the... That, WWE? Was that big? The boxing... The, no, it was like a boxing fight, right? Oh, yeah, it was yeah, a sports yeah, ball. yeah. It was a sports ball between a couple people, right? Yeah. And they were selling the tickets at $90 a pop. And people went into the bars and they got together and they watched in groups, but they were ninety dollars a pop, and so they sold so much. It sold a huge amount of money. However, in order to make break even on any of these major productions for Hollywood, it was something like they need to do like four point six times that sales volume, and at twenty percent of the price, right? Because yeah. the twenty dollar ticket, so they have to they have to make four point six times that amount of gross sales, but they got to do it on twenty dollar tickets. So the math doesn't even work, which means everything is going to spin downward, right? If they can't make well, that but, kind but, of money, but, then the movies are going to be less expensive. Okay. I guess. I guess my point is that uh, that's a, that's assuming the business model holds true that people will flock to theaters to go see movies, and that will be their primary desired outcome. Sure. That like that, that that's always been the foundation, right? Uh, and that's yeah. why the theater owners think they have so much leverage. But it's you know I don't know. Uh, I, I've always found it curious that we. We, we could see a point where we have especially boutique theaters that thrive like uh, Alamo. Uh, yeah. But the but the mass mega market stuff goes away and uh, the megaplex disappears. And it's it's more about your home theater experience than anything else. And I'm not and again, I'm not saying that we're there. It's just never let a good disaster go to waste. And it's just <laughs> an opportunity to drive the future. Well, right? but I think the other issue is that like many things when we're here in the the northern part of California, I think our our version of events and the rest of the country, let alone the rest of the world's version of events, are totally different. So we have, you know, we're all talking together and we all have a nice screen mm-hmm. and we have a nice living room and we have a good environment in which we could have a, a good experience watching a movie. 
And maybe yeah. we don't associate, with the exception of our experience with the Alamo, we don't associate going to the movies as this big social enterprise that we love to do. We're old, cranky white men, and we don't want to go anymore. Now, <laughs> many people don't... First of all, they don't have the Alamo in town. But also, right. they don't even have the multiplex. They just have a local cinema, and it's two hours away or whatever. But the problem is, you know, Chris has talked about the fact that he has to travel hours to a movie theater in Idaho where he oh, yeah. is. Which is yeah, astounding yeah. if you imagine that we... We could throw a rock and hit one, and we should throw it hard. That's a Barton with flames. Words. So, so yeah. I mean, you know, to me, that's that the fundamental issue, fundamental issue is that for a lot of people, a decent cinematic experience is going to be the theater because they don't have the big TV, and it's an event because it has to be an event because they oh, can't yeah, take yeah. it for granted. Yeah, first it'll, dates, first dates at home don't don't work. Yes. First dates at home don't yeah. work. Well, unless they do. Right? No. I mean, it, Depends it almost on the rosé, really. Back into the day when video cassettes became big. Like, I yes. mean, we lived through this, being the age we are. But it almost I feels like there were, there were hints of that back in the day. It's like this is going to destroy the movie industry. That's you right. Know? Yeah. That's right. Well, you know, maybe well, it's time for you to change, dinosaur. Well, and look maybe at what's happening with, with look, look at what's happening with Broadway. Right. The uh, the planned release of a of a properly filmed version of Hamilton is the first break against that industry's stranglehold on proper commercial releases of Broadway shows right. on video, with the exception of what right. like Cirque du Soleil has done. None of them. Wicked, we're waiting. We've been waiting now, what, 20 years? They won't let any of these shows get filmed. And finally, we're at a point where they're going to start to break that nugget, which I think is, I mean, I think it's a good thing. But they were, well, they I mean, were afraid at, it was going to hurt Broadway Be careful sales. what you wish for. Be careful, cats. Yes, the butthole... The, <laughs> I want to see the stage version of the butthole game, maybe. Oh, uh, yeah. if, if you don't know that you're, if you don't know Uranus, it'll find you. That's right. Yeah, M- mind your ass for it bears you. So yeah. the other I mean, side of this coin you can, was. You can throw cats out, but I will. I will say, I. Lady is a travesty. Yes, <laughs> of course. You're like, no, this was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. But 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 Lay Miz compared to cats, I mean Lay Miz looks like an Oscar winner, like a multiple Oscar winner next to cats. <laughs> oh my god. For sure. Yeah. So the other side oh. of this coin was that some of the majors are talking about Disney and and uh, Warner Brothers are talking about releasing um two of their major tentpole projects this year in the theaters and they're just gonna bank on uh things coming back or word of mouth to suck it in. So Warner Brothers is going to sacrifice Tenet, um, and Disney's going to sacrifice Mulan, and they're going to put them in theaters and see if people will go. Wow, but 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 I think they're in ban- July. Uh, so yeah, but so Mulan, Mulan, they're banking on China. Yes, they are. right, correct. So so, um, but if theaters, so here here's the interesting uh, uh, conundrum, right? That yep. what if theaters are twenty five percent occupancy? Like you're seeing these roll right, out now. That right. they're, they're saying 25% occupancy. Where does the math go on that then? Uh, how does that work out in terms of the putting butts in seats? And, oh, and, you know, and, you and how, how many people have to do this? Working day and night, just yeah. running those numbers. Like if this happens, we go with this skewed projection. If this happens, we go with this skewed progression. It's, yeah, yeah it's just they're, they're throwing, yeah. It'll but, be, you, but you're not going to run on four more theaters than you can, right? It's going to be, uh, it's just, it's just fascinating math that the, if they're really limiting occupancy like that, and the ramifications are huge. It's not just the for theaters, restaurants, all of it, right? It's, it's just really strange. It's we'll just get 4D again, you know. We'll get smell-o-vision. 
the next big gimmick to drive people back into the theater. Smell the actual farts. Yes. Be with the burning sulfur. You bring in your obnoxious neighbors so you can yell at them like you do in theaters yeah. now. Like, but I think home vision is the next big thing. Smell a vision, uh, shake a vision, motion vision. Um, but shake a vision. You mean yeah. girl cams? Yeah, exactly. One thing. I think that'd be really cool as an Americana experience is what if you had a resurgence in uh, drive-ins? I, I love a drive-in. We right? had a drive-in in Memphis and I would go to it occasionally. And it was, it's a, it was a nice nostalgic kind of fun thing to do. Everyone's out there. You got coolers. You're just chilling. Yeah. I mean, if I, if I were a betting billionaire, I would start in the, in major urban areas taking some parking lots and converting them into drive-in high-end entertainment venues that practice social distancing forevermore. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe you lease them, maybe you don't buy them. But, I mean, drive-ins have to be pretty cheap, right? It can't it, – it's a it's a parking lot with a big screen and the projection equipment and then some kind of front-end bar and restaurant service, and that's it. Mm-hmm. So it, it would be – I think it would be great to see that kind of um, – thing happened because I, I love drive-ins more than I love theaters. I gotta say. But the traditional megaplex theaters for sure. I I kind of have a I don't know, like the 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 movie theater growing up for me was kind of a I don't want to say religious experience because that's that's putting too that's putting too much emphasis into it. There was there was well, something special. Theaters are better than than churches. Let's just... oh, I, I, you know what I'm not I'm not throwing a rock in that house. I'm not even gonna I'm not gonna draw the ire of whoever. But I mean there was there was something like and I mean I'm talking about the days where you'd roll in and the projector would start with that clickety sound. Oh, absolutely! And cut yeah. the smoke of everyone smoking in the freaking movie theater. Yeah, you know the movie would start up, and you're just like, "This is amazing." Oh. So, I, 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 whenever I sit down, I have that kind of, I almost still smell like the old stale cigarette smoke and the spilled Coca Cola. I mean, it's nostalgic. And the smuggled in schlitz. The smuggled in schlitz. But I, I have this visceral memory that just every time I walk into a theater and the buttered, it's the olfactory mm. memory. Oh yeah, optical, right? The yeah, butter yeah. popcorn scent that I don't think has changed in a hundred years. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> and um, it's and literally so the I, same I, compound. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's it's apocalypto color yeah. two forty red. Right. <clears throat> the um, the I used to be a total freak, and so the, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would do popcorn and jujubes at the same time, and just the 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 tactile sensation wow. of the popcorn and the crunchy. The gooey, sugary blob it turned into. I still. This is what it takes to theater, be the captain every, of industry that you are. Captain every time I walk in, every time I walk into a theater, I have that feeling. <laughs> yeah. That's broken me. What you put popcorn and jujubes in your mouth at the same, same time? time? I don't even. I don't even put jujubes to my mouth. <laughs> you heathen! I used to be hundred pounds heavier. What can I say? Yeah, <laughs> but uh, when I was thirteen, the um. It was a great. Uh, it was. You should try it on a limited exposure. Hot, fresh popcorn, jujubes, great. But I still think drive-ins. If we get a resurgence of Renaissance oh, drive-ins, sure. I think. It's I think. Deal. I think that would be fantastic. Well, and also I think the other problem is that for people who love movies, people who love movies, love movie theaters mm-hmm. because it's part of the yeah. overall experience. And yeah. for people like us who have the ability to do so, we will pay more. And go to greater lengths 
to have the experience we want to have, but we won't mm-hmm. compromise. In other words, we don't go out to just wherever because the movie's out. We're going to go to one of two theaters in the Bay Area yes. to see That's the it. movie oh, that yeah. we want to see because we want the 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 minimum of all the things that we've grown tired of and the right. maximum of all the things that are the new version of of what was exciting when we were young, right? So yep. if when yep. we were young it was it was uh, mixing popcorn with poison as you enjoyed, or if it's today, <laughs> us having uh, mixing <laughs> mixing uh, deviled eggs with trout as we do today, you know, in in either case, it's, it's, when you put it like that, it sounds so awful, but it's really it, so. But great. it's really good, and so <laughs> you know what I mean. Like we're we're again we're just like we have an abundance of theater options here, and we are in a a more affluent part of the country, but at the same time. Yeah. We're the segment of the population that cares a lot about the qualitative aspect of the movie-going experience. And I think the bulk of the country uses it as babysitting. It uses it as dating. It uses it as just a thing you do. I grew up with my parents who were movie fans. But it was take the paper out, scan the thing. Which one should we see this week? Well, I guess we'll see that one. And yeah. and off we went, right? It was, there wasn't magic to it. It was like a routine, Right. And I yeah, wouldn't say it, they didn't love well, movies, they, but. Well, Mike was saying it was like a, a religious experience, right? So it's kind of, kind of like going to church. Yes. Right. And, yes. and I, mean, going, I, mean, like, yes. I come from a slightly less not... molestations, but yes, slightly <laughs> less. <laughs> I come from a less, I, like, I wasn't really, like, going to the movies was a special event because, yeah. like, my mom's a teacher. Like, yeah. it was me and me and my mom, and it was like, yeah, I'm not sure we can swing a movie this week kiddo right right mm-hmm. well, i mean when we went like i remember sitting bringing toys to a line to stand in line to get tickets for a movie to which you'd have to come back to stand in line to get a seat to a movie there you go yeah you know yeah like but I mean, there was something nice that's that's horrible there's nothing nice about that it was horrible i just have good memories of it because my mom was awesome sure <laughs> well and it, and you know and, and I've told you this before, Mike, I'm sure. And I know I have told Blake this, but, you know, I grew up in Westwood around all of these uh, Hollywood types who are making movies. So there was celebrities wandering around. The film crews were out. They were filming in L.A. all the time. And then right. the movies were launching in Westwood. It was the Man Chinese in Hollywood or it was the yeah. it was the Bruin uh, in Westwood. And so I grew up. My earliest memories about movies are the lines around the block on right, opening right, night. Right. I remember the Star Wars lines around the block and the Superman, mm-hmm. Richard Donner mm-hmm. Superman lying around the block and, and people in costume long before that was a thing that you just sure. associate with fans of of media. The spectacle of yeah. the imagery that a lot of people just see as graphics and they don't really think about it, of the spotlights scanning over the Fox logo, this right? That yeah. That was my childhood about the oh, magic yeah. of movies. So like a lot of Los Angeles, I was groomed to see that as a special thing, which is why for years and years we would watch the Oscars and treat, treat them like the royalty that they culturally were because sure. you were raised to think of it that way. Right? Of course. No, I'm with you. So, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Well, and the other thing about uh, oh. Tenet and, and Mulan though, is that at least we have a chance of seeing Tenet in the theater. Yeah. I really want to see Tenet in the theater like that. The, uh, the 10 minute pre that showed before um, yeah. star Wars. Like I was, I'm like, what the hell is this? Why do I not know what this is? Because, like, yeah. like, I watched that, I'm like, this is amazing. I want to know what's going yeah. on here. Well, those are, you know, obviously, with, with, with very few exceptions, that's a creative team that I just, whatever it is, I'll just, I'm ready. I'm ready to sure. love it, right? Sure. And the only one I didn't run out and see, and I still haven't seen, is Dunkirk, just because 
it hit me at the right ment- at the wrong mental state where I'm like, I don't know if I want a tense war movie right now, and so Agreed. I didn't see it. But I but I stockpiled it. Right? I haven't seen but, that one or 1917 because I'm like, hmm. I, I know they're both pieces of yeah. art. I just don't know if I can deal with that kind of art yeah. right now. I'm not ready. But Tenet, like, I'm prepared to love it, and I don't care. Um, yeah. But I want all of the Nolan stuff with the Zimmer soundtracks to be in a theater the first time I see it, and I want them to be big. And you and and but, you know that we're going to go at midnight to the Alamo, yes, and it's going to be yeah. fine. Yeah, and, we're, and we'll fall asleep, and we'll have to go see it two times in a row. That would be fun. That's right. Perfect. All right. Well, so I okay. guess to get yeah. back to your actual question, I would say, in the film producer's interest, it is their interest to make money. Right. So, oh yeah, that's, whatever that's a, they think yeah. they need to do to make money is what they should do. And mm-hmm. for the film, for the places in which they used to be shown, it's in their interest to make money. So if they're if the producers are taking away from the venues. The venues are going to freak out. Now, did AMC do the right thing? Hell no. This is a negotiation. Right. We're in a transitional point. And right. by drawing but, a line in the sand, you have right. just made yourself the enemy. Oh, I, I, I think they may. I, I think they've done a huge opportunity to say, like, that's great. Let's partner together to see how we that's can exactly bring theater right. to the that's home. Right. And, and you can call us up, and we'll send you your favorite snacks and everything to your house. And you that's can, right. That's you can right. have the yeah. AMC experience at home. And then when you're back, if you're interested, come on back. And here's what we're doing. I think you're absolutely right. Right. So you turn it around into a plus. You turn yeah, it into a plus. Each yeah. reaction to change. And it's like, no, it must stay the same. It's like, brother, it's not going to stay the same. Yeah. Or sister, yeah. it's not going to stay the same. And the, and the yeah. concept that it's we're just going to all the way go back and crowd into these things. And, you know, between uh, the <laughs> Unless office. Unless we're in Texas. Unless yeah, we're well, in Texas. <laughs> right. But the office environment. Or Florida. What's happening with offices? What's happening with, with – uh, with entertainment venues and all this. I mean, everything's going to be changing seriously in the near future about how, as we phase back into going out and doing things collectively, I think it's absolutely going to be a case where there's going to be either seats removed or seats taped off and you're going to, they're going to sell. We're at the point now where most of the places you go to are assigned seats anyway, so they can control that. And it's just going to be not sure I feel uh, about filling them at quarter, quarter capacity. Well, yeah, but so, but here's the thing. Um, I don't know how many small businesses will be able to survive at twenty five percent operations. Yeah, oh, no, most uh, unless, unless the price right. goes There was a very interesting piece um, about this big. That I think it's the pri- biggest private restaurateur in Texas. Which I, I don't know what the value is that. Guy but, uh, <clears throat> right. He said that, and of course it's a he, old white dude. Yes. Says that they're at twenty five percent. We're not going to open. Because right. it's not worth the front end and the back end to do sure. it. Right. And folks are making more on unemployment than they would be coming back at 25% capacity because the tip margin is going to be all out right. of whack, right? And that, and that so quote it's, it's, was taken out of context and made into this is what's the problem with with uh, with the handouts. Is everyone's yeah. on unemployment instead of wanting to work, right? Yes. Right. Yes. Right, yeah, because it's not that we were underpaying our serving staff. It's because yeah, whatever. Okay. Fine. Yeah, but it's going to be everything has well, to scale, do, right? Do, yeah. Don't fuck with my yeah. profit margin. Right, but everything is going to have to scale for the business to survive. Right, they're not right. going to be able to spend yeah, I mean, the money yeah. that they were spending on on the production of film. They're not going to be able to spend the money that they were spending on the paychecks for the for the marquee uh, actors, and then the money that's going into setting up the theaters to show them and the expectation of revenues back. Everything's going to have to scale down, and I don't know that that's yeah. a bad thing because other market but forces I, were I, causing I, that. But, but but I don't know I don't know if you can so I think it could work in places that aren't big urban areas, right? Are you right. there? Yes. Uh, but but I think I think in places like Manhattan and San Francisco, 
where yeah. the profit margins are stressed by high overhead. Oh, sure. I don't, I don't, I don't know if, the, if, the, if it makes any fiscal sense at 25% ops. I don't know. But I we have know. seen, but we have seen 25% is a, is a difficult number, but we have seen this industry course correct due to other forces before multiple times. Two good examples are the death of the studio system. So that was a huge deal. There was, there mm-hmm. were people saying there was no way that cinema was going to survive past the golden age when, uh, when players were allowed to uh, freelance and do what they wanted to do and they weren't yeah. beholden to their contracts and the studios weren't just churning out garbage constantly, right? And mm-hmm. then again, in what is it, about 15 years ago, we were in that domain where uh, Bruce Willis and whoever were making 20 plus million dollars a page a movie on every single movie and it was a race upwards. And pretty mm-hmm. soon people who weren't making 10 million as a lead star in a movie were 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 failing out, right? And they capped mm-hmm. that, and it kind of went back down. And some of those players were forced to re rethink <clears throat> their strategy. Right, but so but so here's the difference: that was all done on the. Uh, it depends on your your business model, right? There's a front end and a back end. Yes. Right, and so it was like still a human about, centipede. Right, with with better aftermath. Um, yes. The the it was all about maximum density and valorization. Right. Uh, on the theater experience, right, and right. and then the streaming and the and the, that evolution, everything else happened as well. But it was um, this is, I think this is a bit different. Even after nine eleven, even after SARS, we never yep. saw these kind of public health mandates that are going to. And maybe in San Francisco, they'll compensate by raising the ticket prices, and people can afford it, so they'll go, and so it'll still be sold out, even though it's at twenty five percent. But I don't know. I, I think the pain is going to be substantial and it's going to be long term because, my yes. friends, we are in the second inning Let's, uh, of this yeah. COVID-19 game. We are right. in the second right. inning. Right, and right. It, it gets go, real it in the fourth. Right. right. And it may, get, it may go to extra innings, the seventh inning stretch. Blake, Blake yeah. let's not kid ourselves. Let's not kid ourselves. <laughs> this is not going to be an easy fix. As every epidemiologist will, will tell you through their their hoarse voice and their dried tears. It's phase two that we have to worry about. So, I, don't know yeah. I just eat Tide Pods and I'm completely healthy. <laughs> I tell you what. I'll tell you what. But the, inject I, inject I, a little sunshine. Everything will be fine. I bought a UV rectal probe. It's fantastic. I, you bought it before the pandemic, which is the weird thing. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, so uh, sort of a tangent to that was, your uh, Mike, you mentioned, look at when... Uh, VCR tapes or, you know, other, other media, but as well as VCR and then eventually LaserDisc and these all multiple strategies of home viewing media. Each one was supposed to kill it. What? (laughs) So you just evading beta for the hell of it. Like a beta ah, too. My point though is VCR is VHS. That's right. You're right. You're right. You're right. That was almost as bad as saying, I want to go to the ATM machine, but, um, (laughs) The reason I spun out a little is I immediately remembered going through my friend's Laserdisc collection because I never had a Laserdisc oh my God. player. And I'm like, these are amazing. It's gold and translucent, right? Um, so my, it was really about my, all the versions uh, of Blade Runner I could ever find, right? My cousin mm-hmm. is actually getting a retro Laserdisc collection together, and he has oh. some amazing stuff in his collection. I'm like, that's pretty cool, actually. We watched I've, some. We watched I've got um, two copies of Streets of Fire. <laughs> well, no, but no, Chariots of Fire would be even better. It's, and then, uh, and then, what was the Gene Simmons movie, The Killer Robots? Oh my uh, God! Um, not rescue, not trespass. Um, Runaway. Yes, because that 
Runaway? That was the first laser disc I ever watched in my life. And that is, uh, I, I thought I would never forget it, but I did. Uh, sorry, Gene. Well, the reason oh I brought God. that up. You have heat seeking bullets. Sell the bullets. Simmons and Selleck. Simmons and Selleck. I mean, you well, can't get any better than that. And the reason I brought it up, and oddly enough, as a, as a cinema person, I never had any of these formats. I went to DVD and then Blu-ray, but I never had the, the large format stuff because I was you know, too young and, and didn't have that monies. But oh, I didn't have the brought money. up the thing about VHS, though. <laughs> Interesting tangent. The Goonies cast just had this really uncomfortable reunion. Did you watch that? I did. So, 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 so good. It was so, so good. So I actually just saw Goonies for the first time, which is something that uh, Chris what? is hounding me about for years. He has been hounding me for years about certain movies in the lexicon that I haven't seen. Like, for example, two years ago, I tried to watch Labyrinth, and I was like, this is horrible. I can't do it. Dude. Uh, Goonies. Blasphemer. We saw it with Blasphemer. the kids. Blasphemer. Blasphemer. Labyrinth with the kids. Awesome. is awesome. Goonies is awesome. Well, keep, keep in mind, I knew, I knew a major yeah. person on that cast on a personal level, and so I just was, oh. it was in a weird place for me. But the thing you is, you David saw, Bowie? Yes. Not Labyrinth. You know David Bowie? So, what? So, no. so here's the thing. Uh, watching Goonies, then watching the, the reunion a week later. Mm-hmm. And the thing that it was interesting to me was that someone on the, in that reunion show uh, mentioned that the Goonies was one of, or they claimed to be the film that they kicked off VHS with. And I don't know if that's true, but I can huh. imagine it being true. Huh. I can imagine that being true. Huh. I Who's thought it was I thought, I thought it was Deep Throat. <laughs> it's a totally different problem. percent correct. Orn made that, but what I yes. what I thought was great about that whole thing, that hot mess, was one how everybody was evading Corey Feldman, and when he finally <laughs> had his one minute, he immediately launched into his thing about his 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 conspiracy video, and then also, um, I'm I'm sure he was trying to get. They told him he would flash his website on the screen, and they didn't. Right, and the other thing I, I mean, loved was. Have the, you seen his music videos? They oh. are so sad they are so incredible but but no, when he did the, when, he, when, he, <laughs> but when he charged pay-per-view to see the big reveal about his uh his accusations and then he started up and he says wait ladies and gentlemen i've been hacked and there's no content i mean <laughs> and the saddest thing is i think what he's saying is true it's just you know Spun out in a terrible way. So anyway, that was the one thing. And then the other thing in that broadcast that I thought was hilarious was and interesting and creepy was that Donner, who's 90, was on there. And the first half of it, he was sitting there tapping the screen and because he couldn't make his his microphone and earphones work. And he's like, what? And they totally talked to him. I thought I thought I thought he was was having a a post stroke. I totally thought so, too. And then at the last half, they got him. They got him fixed. And. And he comes back in, and he was really lucid, and it was trippy. Because <laughs> all of a sudden, because the first half, he looked like he was old man yells at clouds from Simpsons. And then <laughs> and the next minute comes in, and he's like, those kids are pains in the asses, and I barely survived the film. <laughs> you know, and you're like, oh. You should, uh, Mike, you should go check it out. It's it's well worth it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Was Josh Brolin in it? Oh, yeah. Yep. Everybody really? was there. Everybody was there that lived. Sure. Yeah, because there's some notable uh, losses. Yeah. yeah. What I thought was trippy was what's his name who was one of the one of the the, the brothers was he looks the same as he did back yeah. then the, the pockmarked acne guy you know the one I'm talking about the big one yeah he looked the same he had yeah. he had a jaunty hat on like everybody who well, played no, heavies he, in movies has he's the friend he's the person that he knew in these in, growing up and he go back twenty years later 
and they're still fucking exactly the same, doing the yeah, same yeah, shit, yeah. talking the same thing, complaining That's about right. the same shit. Right. Uh, I have not <laughs> evolved off of stationary orbit. Yeah, <laughs> still wearing the bowling shirt and the yeah. fedora. Hey, yeah. hey, hey! That's yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> well, if the sock fit. All right. So uh, here's another news item. Uh, okay. There was some some rumor the rumor rumor is huh, ruminating rumors about um, either Matthew Cox playing um, a lawyer or a vigilante of the night in the new Spidey. You film. mean Charlie Cox? You mean Charlie Cox? What I said, Matthew. Oh, see, I mixed them. Ooh, see, that's how yeah you mix them. Role is you me. mix them. You mix them. So anyway, it got really exciting. The prospect that they would because Marvel did pull the pull those rats back. <laughs> It got excited in thinking that maybe they were going to pull in Daredevil into the movie, and he kiboshed it immediately. Yeah, and uh, you know, just a little bit of joy left our quarantined world for a minute there. But I have I have something to add that'll yes. add joy. Okay, is that the Expanse wrapped before oh. coronavirus? The Expanse wrapped. You can oh. check this out. The Expanse season five wrapped, and Very now they are they are talking about releasing the first episodes in August. That is okay. That's amazing. Yeah. Because I'm reading, I'm reading the books before I watch the seasons. That's right. So, you're yeah. you're smart to do it that way. You're smart to do it that way. Uh, now, had you yeah. started reading them when you came over to my house and we were talking about this, or had you not started reading them at that point? I can't remember. You know, I had, I'd, I'd, uh, so I watched three episodes of the first season and was like, "Huh, yes. I should go read these." And then I read yes. up through um, Abaddon's Gate. Is that the right name? I can't put any of the names to the books because the names never make any sense. I don't want to say anything. The one about never mind. Yeah, I read. Yeah. I read through. I think season three. Yes. Yes. And I was like, oh no, but but no, 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 no. But but the books. There's a cognitive fracture that happened. Oh yeah, because one right? is part yeah. of and two, and then three thrown in there. Yeah. yeah. But the, that was the best and, thing they could have done in this last season. We've talked about that. Yeah. That, that, oh, yeah. No, no, wait. The the season before last, after we two books, I only read one. <laughs> That's fine. Okay. And, and 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 I would also encourage you to read all the supporting novellas. Yes, yes. Okay. Because uh, they they really add a lot of. Uh, it does nothing for your appreciation of the show, but what it does is it gives you a deeper appreciation for the characters. Yes. And uh, oh, this one of the and I may or may not I may or may not know a guy that could get you all of those digitally if you want to put them on your device. Oh, sure. I may or may not know someone either. Yeah. Although uh, I will say, Expanse is in the in the top two on good audiobook narrators right see and i haven't done any audiobooks for that yet mm. i just have the the e-reader so, no yeah. nowhere nowhere as good as uh as stevenson's reader but um not bad it, it works okay so anyway so we're not going to get um so, so expanse yes thank or, you very or, much i can't wait we're an hour into it and we haven't even... <laughs> it doesn't matter doesn't matter. Chris was just texting me. He's like, I think I might be able to get on for a short period of time. Hopefully I can get on board. And I'm like, yeah, we're still t- pontificating about the future of cinema. I think you're fine. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be, this can be a, this can be a four hour bender. I can already yeah. tell. So another quick item is, um, uh, the, one of the script leaks on what Dr. Strange two was supposed to be, which uh, may be linked to the St- Scott Derrickson version. Yeah. Uh, but may, may not be linked to the Sam Raimi version was that they were going to be slipping through the multiverse and you would see other versions of characters we know. And that's a thing I like. That's the kind of thing that gets me. I like seeing multiverse versions of characters, especially if they're expendable. So you, but you saw the great news already, about those. They've already play-tested it. I mean, we 
Into the Spider-Verse went over right. like gangbusters. That's right. That's right. What were you saying there? Yeah. No, I was, I was going to say that uh, they, they've they lined up the next multiverse Spidey film coming up. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> and I'm really stoked about that. What um, what about it specifically? Other than just it's going to be the, great. Just that they're revisiting it. Uh, oh, because yeah. I think I, so I'll be frank. Let's not kid ourselves. Enter the Enter the Multiverse was the best Spidey film yet. Right, the Spider Toll was probably the best Spider Man film they've made. I agree with you. Yeah, I enjoyed yeah. it. I thought it's it was profound. Man. I mean, come on. <laughs> That's right. I remember being also, and we even recorded about this in the past mm-hmm. beforehand. Mm-hmm. How I was very skeptical of what they were doing with the with the um, distressed uh, and pixelated Zipatone and all that other the merging of styles and everything else. I was like, Sony is just you know. It's a it's a it's a um, predog's lunch once again, and then I saw it and I was like, "Holy crap, this is amazing!" And we yeah. don't get that experience very often, right? We no. we see movies that we know we're gonna love and then they blow us away, but we don't see movies very often that catch us by surprise. Or 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 we see movies that we we feel really strong that we should love that kick us in the nuts and slit our throats. <clears throat> it's Correct. very rare. It's very rare. <laughs> right. It, it's For very, some of well, us. well. Yes. well <laughs> I I can't cough enough to go on a tirade like that. Um, I don't know. So, I love watching all my giant monster. Last Skywalker in the background. That's my favorite thing about a giant monster movie. What did you say? I, I love watching my giant monster movies on the screen in the background. That's, That's the right. best. Something. Except for even Pacific Rim. Even Pacific Rim was too horrible for that. I. I don't want to talk about Pacific Rim. <laughs> yeah, Pacific Rim, Pacific Rim 2. I mean, Pacific Rim is okay. Pacific Rim 2 is awful. But but um, I'm excited about Spidey in the multiverse. Uh, I'll tell you what excites way. me the most about it is that um, Sony is one step forward and three steps back on every single thing they do. And they don't know how to not do that. So, for example, they followed the amazing... Spider-Man film by greenlighting Morpheus, <laughs> right? I'm sorry. I I'm I'm gonna be a fan of I'm gonna be a fan of it. I really? loved that comic growing up as a yeah. kid. Yeah, <clears throat> Moon Knight, the same yeah, thing. Well, yeah, sure, I, but right. But and uh, you think they're gonna do hard. Morpheus justice based on Marvel could pull off a '70s referenced Morpheus, but for everything you see in the trailer for it, I don't think they know what the hell they're doing. But I, I, I'm going to go with, I, I I'm gonna go with the original Blade. Until What's Up, Doc? And I'm like, well, I don't want to see this fucking movie. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going to go with the same kind of campy fervor that I did with the original yeah. Blade. And it's a cinematic travesty, but I still love that fucking movie. <laughs> I can't. I just, I just love it. It hits everything oh, that I love about it. That's some good shit right there. I see. Well, so <laughs> naughty vampire gods. Yes, we are Donald Logue. Yes, we are. Well, and so then they do. So then they, and then they double down on Venom by saying they're going to do oh. Venom Two. Welcome to the Butt Carnage, or whatever it is. And 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 everyone's <laughs> like, okay. And then they and then they announce Spider Verse Two, and everyone gets excited. And then they announce, uh, why let DC have all of the uh, bed shitting fun? We've got a name for our cinematic universe. Get ready, kids. It's the Sony Pictures universe of Marvel characters. S-P-U-O-M-C. Spoomica. Spoo job? Spoo yeah. job? 
<laughs> so they named their universe the Sony Pictures Universe of Marvel characters. And who's in it? They've got a lot Spider- of they've got a lot of properties. Punisher. Still. They got a Punisher. They got no, not Punisher. Uh, Marvel's got Punisher. So- but they don't, they don't have the X Men. They don't have the X Men anymore. No. Super Sable. But they never did. That was Fox. Yeah. They bought Fox right. for X Men and Fantastic right. Four. Okay. Right. But uh, Spidey and who else do they have? They have a lot of weird stuff from the Spidey world. So they have Doc uh, Ock. Well, for one, for a while they had a developing uh, uh, Aunt May movie that they were going to do, and then they had a Sinister Six movie that they were going to do. Um, so neither of I'm those. Pretty are sure problems. they have a. I think no, they have a Stilt Man movie. Wait. None of those are properties. Those are swamps. Oh, my God. Yes. Candy <laughs> yes. dropper, stilt yes. man. Yes. Fro- Frogman and Beetle. Were they well, going to do um, a Sable movie? Swamp yeah, they were going to do it. They had a Silver Sable movie. They had a Black They had a um, black and Silver, which was Saber and Black Ooh. Cat together. Um, I will argue, though, as much as I would love a stilt man movie, actually, what I would argue, though, is that if any of that stuff would work for me it would have been the ant may solo film if it was the ant may from the mcu because that's an entirely yes. different type of movie yes i don't think that's what they planned um, uh tony stark i'm i'm in the i'm in the camp of tony stark with uh yeah well and happy and happy no don't 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 sully it because i can't think of happy <laughs> that way just think of it back when he was tightened for his uh Shut his up. wrestling world mo- mode yeah like mickey rourke yeah no that's time. right so, um, so still on board of this uh, Michael Mann production that was happening, and they were filming it before things got shut down. Michael Mann's doing a, fil- a series for HBO Max called Tokyo Vice with uh, Ansel Elgort in it. Mm-hmm. I am Remember? always down for a Michael Mann production. Right, and they can be bad, and he can do a lot of bad stuff, and I'll still watch it, right? I say The yeah, Heat's the best I... movie ever, and it's mediocre. I'll, Wait, I'll what movie? It. Heat. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. And it's, you know, if, if you hold it up in terms of its structure, it's not really the genius that I give it credit. But I love it. It's formative for me. But, you know, some of the stuff he's done, it's 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 gruesome. But I don't Man care. Hunter. Like, I still like Manhunter better than I like Red Dragon. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's sacrilege, but I wow. really do. No, I'm sorry. That's not sacrilege. That's common sense. That's wow. Common sense. Yeah, I know. Red Dragon was a piece of shit. Shit, in my but, opinion, but yeah. but, at, but imagine what Michael Mann's going to do with a Tokyo Vice concept, but he's going to put Ansel Elgort in it as a you know like an American cop that's over like a young rookie American cop so, that's over there. Like a, it's so bad it's, he's got to make it good. No, it's like the, it's like the start of every other anime, right? No, those exact, <laughs> no, those exact phrases are the same thing used in the in the spin up to Ghost in the Shell Americana version, yes. and it fucking sucked balls <laughs> disagree oh, i'm sorry it was awful. i was much more forgiving of that movie than you were because i loved the original well me too but i was still able to accept the scarjo no. version i just no. think you know actually i had an epiphany about that not that long ago but just a few days ago i had an epiphany i was going to tell you about it you know what they could have done you're going to disagree you know what they could have done to make it even better or mm. it could have solved some of the problems Made Corn her flakes? skin, made Brand. her skin a translucent gray white. Make it what? Make it light, artificial skin. They do yeah. a lot of imagery in that in the anime and the manga of how it comes out of the vat, the Westworld style, in this very sort of weird, yeah. creepy, milky white color. And then they tone it up and they make it look like a human. So it's, if they want to dodge the issue of the of the ethnicity of the actor in this film, 
they shouldn't have made her flesh color. They should have made her Westworld flesh color. Well, right. or they could have cast somebody else. But anyway. Well, of course, that would have been the better thing to do, but I'm saying... That would have been the best player. <laughs> You're never going to move me off of that position. I love ScarJo, but... Uh, except for Colin Jost, but... Uh, oh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Chris isn't Sorry, joining Colin. us tonight. He, Sorry, he, fired up, he fired up his computer, and uh, it started a... Mac um, software updates. He gave up. He's like, I can't. No, 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 no. <laughs> Come on, right. let's tell the truth. Let's tell the truth. It started baking mac and cheese, and <laughs> yeah, that's not good. All right. Well, we'll get him next time. I hope so. Mike, um... Mike, have you seen the? I'm sorry, Mike. Did you see the picture of the quote unquote laptop that uh, Chris? Had? <laughs> no, it looked like it looked like a it looked like a basket of dirty laundry and a circuit board. <laughs> And it was, I didn't even, I couldn't even just, I, yeah, anyway. Guys? Atomic yeah. Blonde? Atomic Blonde? Yes, what? Uh-huh. Atomic Blonde 2 being discussed. No. And very likely going to not, going to Netflix. No. Same, same, same crew, same production, same, huh? I, I, I was at, like, that's a nice encapsulated story. We're good. I understand. Right, because without James McAvoy, uh, the, that's going to suck. That's going to suck. <laughs> I think spoilers should just be in the title of this podcast, to be quite honest with you. Uh, okay, well then, how do we feel about... McAvoy fan. Like, I love I love that dude. He makes me happy every time he's on the screen. McAvoy? Uh, no, he... I, I can't... I, yeah, no, I can't believe he didn't get an Oscar nomination, at least for Split. That... Oh, yeah. Was some of the most amazing acting on a singular level, face, camera, nothing else. Uh, it was unbelievable, and I can't understand why more people didn't rave about it. Because no one's because there's too much there's too much pent up bullshit hate for Shyamalan. Okay, fair enough. Uh, M-, M Night Shyamalan a Bing Bing. Uh, Don't do it. Don't do it. The, 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 the happening uh, filled me with a rage that I found hard to uh, address. But, <laughs> but, um, but McAvoy, McAvoy is a national treasure for somebody not the U.S. <laughs> Sorry, I was just being scolded for not liking the village by uh, ah. by my love. No, no, the village. Village I is okay. It. I hate it. <laughs> no, it's okay compared to the happening. And so I've never, I yeah. never watched. I never the saw movie. the happening. Yeah, I never saw it, the us. <laughs> the happening was the it, first it truly, of the M Night movies that I saw the trailer and said the trees, and I thought, well, no, no sense in watching this. Like, no, it's what, just... was, no, what was the other one? The um, the storm thunder clapper, um, the the last whisperer, um, Airbender, oh, Airbender, oh, Airbender, no, no, Airbender, yeah. La, la, la. No, no, don't talk about the last airbender. Oh, that hurts my soul, man. That was a vile piece of shit. <laughs> that, that was oh god. It hurt it hurt. I don't even, even drink. so much anger I have about that. <laughs> oh, and by the way, just a moment aside, serious serious for a moment. Irfan Khan, rest oh, in yeah. peace. Oh yeah, can you believe that? Uh, no, I can't. 53, like, the endocrine tumor. Yeah. Tragedy. So they Tragedy. talked about what it was. I didn't know what it was in the, in the beginning of the... Yeah, it, it was a, a neuroendocrine tumor that he got diagnosed back three years ago that caught up with him. 
I thought he might have twisted but his. He uh, was twisted his ankle running through the uh, jungle in heels. No, no, no. That's a Jurassic Jurassic World reference. Too soon. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that sucks, man. No, that uh, his performance in Life of Pi is something that will stick with me forever. And uh, and it, and Jurassic that when he tried to fly the helicopter by himself and crashed, that was poetic. Oh wow. So you guys are not down with uh, Atomic Blonde two, even though you were down with Blade Runner twenty forty nine and loved it. How the what, answer to the unasked false, question? Well, that's a false equivalency. I don't even know. So, <laughs> I don't think so. I talk about Blade Runner a lot, and I think I've come around to her her um, view, which is this has been awesome two movies. Yes, but it should have been okay one movie. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. And it should have like, been. And I'm like, oh, I could see that. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah, but I'm treating but I'm treating something like Atomic Blonde 2 the way I treat a lot of this stuff. If it works out, great. And if it doesn't work out, I just pretend it didn't exist. That's the that's the joy <laughs> of being on our side of the fence. We don't have to get all upset and exercised about you know, the change to the continuity or the change to the the, the the pure pure driven snow of the movie that we love that thing we loved if they try to make a thing and it doesn't work it doesn't affect my viewing of the first one right oh, well, look no, at every no, other no. star trek and it, every other terminator and predator yeah, yeah. and you know it's always going to take the bits as their own thing but it's just that that first movie was built on so many lies you can't yeah. make another lie movie you're going to have to do right. Right. Like a different and I think it's going to be a prequel deal. too, I think, or something. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really? know what they're going to do. But uh, well, um, I mean, whatever. I I, I like Shalise Theron, so if she's like, yeah, cool, I'm like, all right, I'll give it a shot. Why not? I think if it wasn't her and it wasn't the same crew, then I would have yeah. more concerns. But the have you, have you all watched... sign on. Huh? I'm sorry, Mike. I'm sorry, Mike. Have you seen Long Shot? Yeah, yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. No, it's not, it's not a good Charlie's Throne movie. No, come on. No, dude. it was cute, but it wasn't good. But I, I mean, didn't know where it was going. Movie. I didn't know. We watched it, and we didn't know where it was going. And then we're like, well, this is kind of interesting. And then it just kind of got to a point where we're like, who was this written for? Yeah. And knowing, and knowing that uh, Rogan and Goldman write all those together, I was like, what? It was, the, it was not Woody Allen level, but it was this weird no. sort of like, you wrote yourself into this role. Uh, it was just—it was just an excuse for Seth Rogen to make out with Charlize. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. That's it. That's why we couldn't divorce. We couldn't get into the story at a certain point because we couldn't divorce ourselves from the production of that story. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's really hard to kind of buy into that story because that story is like, wait. Well, I get why you would remember her after all these years, but I'm not really sure why she would have any memory of your lame ass. Right. right. Well, she was the yeah. politician with a heart of gold, right? She was still Jenny from the block, even though yeah. she... Well, yeah, right? Jenny from the block working for, you know, the scumbag. Yeah. Well, the other problem, it's though, so with funny. all of that... But the other problem with that entire genre of movie is that we don't currently hold any uh, expectation that anyone in politics has virtue, right? Mm. They have They have sullied collectively. There's so much... Um, disinterest in stories about politicians and any reverence that there might be in what they're doing or the power they have or anything. It just feels so filthy right now. Like, I know we were looking at it going, you know, the days when we could watch, you know, even a house of cards and enjoy it are long gone. 
I can't wait. I can't wait to see the uh, the movie affectionately known as Mitch. Oh yeah, I think it's gonna be a great great movie. Mitch or the Mitch McConnell by Matt McConaughey. That's gonna be amazing. I'm I'm gonna love to hear about it from someone else. So then, if you're not if you're not keen on the Atomic Blonde two being an extension of something that didn't need extending, how do you feel about Chris Pine being cast in a new version of the Saint? I'm fine with that. What do you remember about the last attempt to make the Saint? I, I remember I remember Val Kilmer's horrible accent. Hmm. Wrong answer. I, horrible bit with Byron. Which makes me want to throw up. I I could give zero fucks about that. <laughs> all wrong answers. All wrong answers. The oh, only correct answer is, answers? yeah. The only only correct answer is Elizabeth Shue in the sexy schoolgirl slash scientist spy or whatever the hell she was in that movie. Other than that, there is nothing <laughs> valid about that entire thing. So have at it, right? It's Dexter Fletcher doing it. All right, it did have a good soundtrack though. Mm-hmm. It did. For its day. Can you believe that Dexter Fletcher is the same guy that was the guy in Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels? Can it trip you out a little bit? Are you following me at Which all? Lock, Stock. Okay. Here we go. I am. I get it. But, but yeah. It, I'll, but I'll I still, Yeah. But it's not like Taika, um, right? <laughs> not oh, the same true. creative genius. Not at all. But... What I'm saying is I only associated him as that actor. And even when he started doing these directorial features, I had no idea it was the same guy until I read it. Why would I know? But, I mean, it just tripped me out. He was soap in Lockstock with the hair. Oh, my God. He was. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's insane. That is insane. I did not not... know that. Wow. Is that not a thing that happened? Well, so Blake, you and I, I know. No, Tommy, I think it's the Germans. <laughs> it's the Germans. It's the Germans exactly. Right. So, um, what about the fact that Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy are moving on to doing peripheral for Amazon? Well, we already talked about this. We did talk about that, and we loved yeah. it. We loved the fact I can't that it's happening. I can't wait. I, I can't imagine a better duo right? to transition that. Right? I can't. Right. Who who better to try to take on Gibson now than those guys tonally, right? I could feel it, hundred percent. Especially with last season. I mean, yeah. holy cow, holy cow! <laughs> but I but I also hear that same or Snow Crash is also being developed by whom and how that's the that? same duo. That I don't know, but the same duo. Why? There's got to be some minor rewrites to that story. Uh-huh. I don't, I, I don't think so. I don't think Slightly. so. I'm thinking of one scene in particular. <laughs> yeah, I am too. I also imagine that they'll change the, the motorcycle and sidecar to a monowheel. Hmm? Now, have you seen have you seen the movie Teeth? I think I think what they're proposing is a prophylactic <laughs> zombie device. I mean, that's fine. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, actually, no. Um, did you ever see it was a uh, was one of um God I love her what's her name It's called Hard Candy, it's yeah. just um it's yeah just two people Oh yep. God what was it called What's her name I've lost her name She's wonderful Yeah um, Beyond Two Souls 
Kitty Pride. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Ellen Ellen Page. Yes, Ellen Page. I mean, Mark that Kennedy. was that was a right. That was a story about it was you know, Dateline. It was Dateline NBC to catch a pedophile, or whatever. But the right the right ending to it. Yeah, Literally, I don't. The right I, ending. I, 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 I held my breath in ninety percent of that movie. <laughs> so tell me the truth. Do you actually get up and lock your door or not when you're watching it? I saw it in the theater. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Big box. Are, are you the guy that comes into a room and then looks for the camera? Okay. <laughs> no. So good no- good news for you and me. The Mandalorian season three is already on the way. They've been doing a lot of production on it. Um, oh my god! Talking about season two. Casting. You mean season two? Nope, season three. They wrapped no. up season two, and they're already starting yeah. season three. Well, uh, but not principal shooting. It's only season two that's gone into post production. Well, pre yeah, pre production. You're right. You're right. I, I was, but in my world, that's enough. Like I knew, I knew going in. Like I'm gonna like this thing. It's about right. a culture I dig. I dig who writes it. I dig his stories on the Clone Wars. It's gonna be fine. And Rubio's like, I will watch this because I love you. And I'm like, sweet. And we got like maybe half an episode in, and she was like, "I'll be damned." <laughs> and I was like, Wait. "Did you just hold up your hand and say Mike has spoken?" <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I like I like my life. Fair enough. What do you but, think um, about? Go ahead. I'm excited. Yeah. I think it was a good party is put together. I mean, and I'm always gonna love. Um, I actually everyone they put in that initial party is someone that I think is a, is awesome as a character actor. Right. So, right. Well, and I also think that um, this is going to be a project much like Westworld and yeah. others where the first season is a perfectly good season as it is stop there. Yeah. But if they're going to go forward into other things, we'll enjoy it for what it is and hope they do well, but it doesn't change the beauty of that first encapsulated season. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh wait, I'm guessing you guys didn't like season two of Westworld. Not no. So I'm saying, I'm just saying, I'm just saying Westworld was was a was a perfectly it was a perfectly just like Watchmen it's a perfectly good story done oh in, my god done oh. in one season a hundred percent hundred percent oh my god and that, I love that they continued that, but that, it didn't need that. to continue well because yeah, I, I'm, like, I, I'm good if we end here I'm good yeah so I, more, I, think I don't that, know why you would but sure yeah but I think it's a symptom so I think it's a symptom of the times we live in yes because Battlestar Galactica right. Yes. When they signed to do right. a sci-fi, they knew they had at least three seasons to develop the arc. There was guaranteed right. production. They weren't going to cut it unless they right. wanted to really screw themselves right. over. Right. Now everything's done on spec. And so yeah, sure. you, you buy the pilot, you like the pilot, you buy the first season, and then if you like that, you buy the second season. Look at the expanse. Right. <clears throat> and so it forces, I think, this different mindset. Yeah, that's fair. On storytelling and character development that you try to make as compelling season to season synopsis that can stand on its own right and i think there's something lost there right like if you had that commitment you could take your time in right. developing the story you really want and so it's, right. it's interesting to see how we're not more, we're, we're not talking about this season versus that, that season right standard, right yeah what's that now yeah. what's that I said, we're not using Battlestar galactica as that gold standard right no we're hey not. that I, I am I, I think uh, Battlestar Galactica was brilliantly done. Spectrum. I am not a fan. I am totally a fan. I am five thousand percent behind that show. Okay. Well, I was I was talking to um I was talking to our man Blair uh just this morning about he hasn't started watching Westworld and we were talking a little bit about it and he was saying how he was excited to get started based on what he had seen. He had resisted it because he doesn't like 
remakes of things, unless he likes remakes of things. And <laughs> I said, well, Battlestar Galactica has a lot in common with Westworld in that the original premise of the first season was a fairly concise and clean and successful take on taking the root yep. material of an original series, modernizing it, subverting a little bit and making something interesting. Agreed. And then it has to change or die because it can't keep doing the same thing cyclically Agreed. over and over and over again, because then it gets boring. They have to expand and whether they yep. do it well or not, yep. you know, they have to take risks and that is right. where it, shine, it shines even more because it either transcends the material or falls apart. Battlestar Galactica, even before, even before the writer's strike and everything oh. else that led to that horrible third season. No, no. No, no. Uh, yeah. Even in the first season, as soon as they're chasing Apollo's arrow, you're like, well, guys, now hold on. But that was <laughs> we had but, Cinema Verite, and then we all of a sudden we're doing seventies Battlestar again. Oh, well, but right? yeah, I, I hear you, but I still think. Um, what I appreciate is they went in with a plan. They knew the arc. They knew the seasons. They weren't going beyond that point. They knew the combination right. and right. they hit the mark. But right, they had a story to tell. They knew the Star's production Law. quality. It's music. It's production quality. It's taking itself seriously. It's having a having a statement to be made. Right, Battlestar Galactica led to us having Expanse, the way we yes. do, and I say that Westworld led to us having Watchmen. Yes, like, I agree. In terms of an adaptation that yeah. HBO was willing to spend money on and say, you're going to subvert it and take a chance, and we're going to give you this much time, give it a shot. And, and I will put forward, he also gave us The Boys, which I That's think right. in three years from now, we'll be looking back on The Boys and saying, that is like the best Deadpool caliber show on Soup's period. Mike, we were just talking about this at the last show that you helped me with in that dead show we were at. And I was like, yeah. oh, my pitch... Everyone who came over and talked to me about my post-human role-playing game, I'd be like, well, did you ever read The Boys? Well, it's not like the book Boys, but it's more like the TV series Boys, but it's not as, you know... Yeah. It's an interesting point and counterpoint to the same exact content, right? Yeah, yeah. I am I am one of those rare... I am not an Ennis fan. Yeah. Right. I, I, he takes things and runs with it a little too far, but I, I get why that is necessary in the field, and right. that is totally cool. I just, it's not my, it's not my cup of tea. Well, Ennis so and Ellis yeah. both just write their own voice in their character <laughs> over and over again, right? Yeah. And they use the character as a mouthpiece for whatever they want to rant about. But, but that's what I love. Yeah, you're the only guy in the human centipede that's doing the, 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 uh... I'm a cheerleader. I'm a cheerleader yeah. in the yeah. middle. Yep. All right. So another item is, uh, John Krasinski, uh, having, uh, reportedly, uh, rumored to have met with Marvel a couple of times. God Recently. bless John Krasinski. I just got well, to say. And so what I loved about that was people, people got in on that because of some art and stuff that was suggesting that, Hey, he looked an awful lot. He could look an awful lot like Mr. Fantastic. So then the artist, it's like the Brian Hitch thing with uh, Samuel Jackson, right? Hitch was drawing Samuel Jackson as Fury. And then all of a sudden it was like, well, there you are. Right. Well, so Krasinski got linked to Mr. Fantastic, you know, quite a while ago. Yeah. And and then there's this weird, unrealistic thing where it's like, well, and he's got this, he's got a wife that would also be really great, and she was supposed to be in the MCU as Black Widow before, right? And Emily Blunt was supposed to be Black Widow, right? And she had to back out. Oh. So then it becomes this whole thing like, well, you know, they're, you know, it's, it's got to be. He's got to be Mr. Fantastic, and they've got to be the Fantastic Four and all this, right? And then they started drawing him like that in the book. So anyway, on his 
second to most recent version of his Good News Network uh, yeah. podcast that he's or a video cast he's been doing. Um, there was a reference to to him being a superhero, and he did a really quick direct to the camera and then moved on office style, and I loved it because it was a direct nod to those rumors. I thought that was hilarious. Nice. And I'll take it. But I think yeah, I'll, I, I'll, I, I think I'll, they're a little more than rumors, aren't they? Well, it's not confirmed. But the fact is, yeah. multiple sites, multiple sources say that they know that he went, met with them. So that's yeah. optimistic. Now that said, setting aside how he looks in a beard, is he what you envision with Reed Richards going back in time as a comics reader? What do you envision of Reed Richards? So my, my, I'll just I'll jump to the chase. Um... The uh, <laughs> Ernest Borgnine, right? No. Uh, hold on, this one. I have to look this up. So when I think of Reed Richards, I think of Glenn Howerton. Interesting, right? I uh, always yeah. thought as soon as I saw Glenn Howerton on "It's Always Sunny," yeah, yeah, <laughs> I was like, "This is the guy that should be Reed Richards." <laughs> the, I mean, it, it, <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> he's amazing. That's he's funny. Like, <laughs> the problem with so, that is it's hard to divorce him from the dick from the narcissistic very likely sociopathic character on that show and that's reed richards right <laughs> uh, yeah i think that's reed richards <laughs> well that's what i was getting at is i could see him playing reed richards reed richards in the story where there's all the reed richards meeting together in the right in their in their uh negative negative zone uh little headquarters that right. they were the Illumin- the new Illuminati, right? Yeah, exactly. See, sure. Just like just like I think uh, the casting around Ozymandias in The Watchmen, right. both the movie and the show, was brilliant because you yeah. couldn't you couldn't pick a better narcissistic prick than who yes. they picked. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. And uh, and then when he was on um, Downton Abbey, I just couldn't I couldn't wrap my head uh, around him playing a normal guy. Yeah. I was just like, oh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so what about you, Mike? Uh. Uh, uh, Reed Richards is a villain, <laughs> like straight up. Made him the villain. They made the was it the Maker? Is that the yeah, name? That's right, 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 right. I mean, and I was like, well, yeah, he's always yeah. been that dude. Like, with, what, what with are you the, talking? With the water bong helmet, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, water bong right. of evil. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I would, I want Krasinski to be a superhero. Yeah, I think he'd be a fine job. I just. I feel like the Fantastic Four is cursed, and I don't think no, but I so, a four movie. What it should be is D Man. No, <laughs> no, no. What I think he should be, what I think he should be, is Doctor Doom. I think Krasinski is Doom. Would oh, be a really good cool. twist on it. And that'd be I, cool. think, I think that would be a better play. I really think that would be a better play. So much better than uh, Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio. I well, think Krasinski but that's, as Doom because Doom. That's interesting. Right? I like Mysterio. Yeah. No, I love, I love Joan Hall as Mysterio, but I think oh, you're no. talking about as a twist, as a twist. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think it's a twist. Everybody thinks Krasinski's a good guy, right? And yeah, yeah. Throughout everything, and yeah, that'd I think be cool. that'd be cool. Yeah, I think it'd be really cool. Right. And the thing, what was magical, and we talked about this before, but what was magical about Far From Home was the majority of the viewers between what the trailer showed and what comics readers knew, we knew Mysterio was the bad guy. And we yeah. were invested enough in the story that we were shocked when he did his reveal mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. killed the killed the club or killed the cafe and and everybody. Yeah. 
and and then we delighted in the nuance of pulling together all these these people from Iron Man history in this in the movies. Yeah, yeah from Stark Industries, it was brilliant. Yeah, it was yeah, brilliant. yeah. I mean, and okay. if, if they do if they do go with your with your twist idea, they could totally pull in some of Bendis's infamous Iron Man stuff. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, you're right. Which was a series I personally enjoyed. I'm not sure if it went sure. over well with people, but no, I liked it. Well, um, yeah. I uh, I think um, it's interesting when you put uh, rudimentary gray Iron Man armor under a green cloak. <laughs> it looks yeah. really and, and Maleve is drawing it, which I love that artist. But it looked really weirdly plain, and yeah. it didn't have any. Um, it didn't have the uh, the gravitas that I think that they the, were going the for. The panache. The panache. Yeah, yeah. Panache. I think without the cloak. And with and it didn't have to be gray necessarily, but without the cloak and just with angles and and darkness and stuff, they could have made an urgent looking Iron Man suit, and it, I think it would have been more effective than what they did. Yeah. Well, okay, I, I'm I'm not disagreeing, but when when they then when they then when they then oh my god when they yes. then pulled out his that's like, rose everyone that's rose <laughs> yeah right when they pull out a spell casting ability. The, the brightness of those colors against such plain oh gray yes for sure so powerful very but, very true but I felt like almost if they were going to go that route that they should have gone back to the Gollum imagery of mm. Iron Man Mark One and it should have been the classic gray uh, clodhopper armor and not a gray <laughs> version of the modern armor hmm? because you have the Gollum like the the Gollum imagery also that yeah, yes that, yes that and cool then that idea. would have played with the mysticism a little bit better. Okay, so dig this. When you're talking about Krasinski as Reed sliding into Doom, um, I really like that kind of subversion where a character that was a hero in the comics or a villain in the comics is vice versa in the movie as a twist. The original... Huh? That's Earth X, Reed Richards, right? That's right. That's right. What I like about the purported original script for the uh, Fantastic Four, the latest one, that yeah. we wanted to love and it was horrible was that doom but, was supposed to be he was supposed to be a herald a herald of galactus so when they get across yeah. into the dimension he was supposed to be absorbed in and come back as a herald that would have right. been interesting to me uh, to agreed take doom and make him a herald of galactus would have been a really interesting way of threading that together it um, would have been and but, then but, they did not they, do that but they but they totally chicken shit it out i mean on yeah. galactus and civil surfer they both just shit the bed Oh, that's the previous that entire, No, no, I know. That was but, also terrible. But that whole thing, they they, they just never well, knew how to deal with it. But the only thing they did right was him in the sub in the in the subway train and how the train passed right through him and then he reformed on the other side of it. Right, right. That was cool. That was, yeah. Then the then the nebulous glass gas cloud came and you know. Yeah. Other than Michael Jordan as uh Yeah. <laughs> right. That that yeah. Uh, that was the only twist that I really, really enjoyed out of that reboot. The thing is I like yeah. the cast. It's just I didn't like the material. Yeah, I agreed. was down with I I was down with everybody in that cast. No. I just didn't like what they did with the material and the characters. Bad scripting. Bad scripting yep. was bad movie. Yes. Yep. Yes. Agreed. Yes. yes. Um, also, remember. Can uh, I can I offer? Can yes. I just offer up an oh my god moment? Yes. Has everybody seen Nile uh, Nanjiani for uh-huh. the Eternals from Silicon yeah. Valley? Yeah, he's a he looks amazing. One moment, Why? I will look this up. What what's amazing about this stuff is he's been posting on Instagram when he revealed himself and they said he said this is what happens when the studio pays for a for a trainer for 9 months and all you have to do <laughs> is eat the food they give you and work out all day and they're paying for the trainer and your workout. This is this is not what normal humans can do. 
and your living expenses. And, and, your and living thank expenses. you. And thank you, Silicon Valley, for giving me the time off yes. to do it. Yes. <laughs> well, Mike, did you see it yet? Look up him and right. Eternals and you'll see it. Really? That was <laughs> yeah. unexpected. It's like it's like oh. what happened when Hugh Jackman started doing the steroids, right? Yeah. And he got super yeah. tight. Got super tight and yeah. weird, like uh, Zach Efron oh. did. Like it just oh, like, suddenly became. Look like was, they look like yeah. they're going to pop. Yeah. I mean, they look like human yeah. pimples. The other thing I really loved about that is uh, is uh, that in the last season of Silicon Valley, he's wearing chunky sweaters in every scene. And I was <laughs> yeah. watching it with my wife. And then every once in a while, he would shift, and you would see him move at the computer desk, and you'd see how the how the fabric would move. And I'd be like, "See, look there, trapezoids, trapezoids, right? Like you know, you could see them. Like, yeah, you could see that there was the bulk wasn't really a bulky sweater at all. It was yeah. probably like a microfiber no, I, sweater. Yeah. yeah, I am. So, I am just so stoked about the Eternals. I, yeah, sorry. Again, just give us some color in the costumes and everything. We find. Right? No, I think. Look, I think it's going to be great. Yeah, I, I, I hope we'll see. The Inhumans didn't go over so well. No, had, no. You know, but that but had that had like that had like Perlmutter component to it. Yeah. yeah, but that was like Perlmutter, so that's a whole different problem, right? Sure, sure. Yeah. And it's on the opposite end of the spectrum of the Defenders, which died from lack of studio support and for the sure. development on production costs. Because I, I, I thought I thought the way that they brought that together for Netflix was phenomenal. They just didn't get the production quality that they needed. Right. Yeah. Just, there I was thought, no there yeah. there in the end. Yeah. Knock some pillars down, hear a dragon in the background. We're done. Well, yeah. and then the, the whole fucking iron, <laughs> and then the whole fucking iron fist debacle. But, yeah, 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 sure. Yeah. Uh, hey, I will say, I will say the Colin Wing show, The Dars of the Dragon. That's oh. <laughs> all we wanted was that. Just continue. Um, yeah, it's like Disney Night and Colleen. I'm good. That's right. That's right. That's a whole other podcast, buddy. <laughs> After hours. Yeah, robot cracking after hours. Well, and, and the, the other thing about the Eternals, Cinemax. What makes me opt- optimistic about it is just like Guardians of the Galaxy. It was a per- it was a Marvel product that I had no, I gave no shits about. Even going back to the seventies, could not care, care less about the Eternals. So to me, the idea that they would take this and run with it, I'm like, well, I didn't care about Guardians. I thought that was doomed. And then I was like, holy crap, this is amazing. Well, so I feel like yeah. they've, well, they've established a track I- record. I did not. I did not read the original Guardians, but I read the relaunch. Yeah, the, and the I it was announced. I was like the landing I version. The yeah, person that reads this comic. Yeah, what is yeah, going yeah. on? You saw the concept art where where Rocket actually has the blue and red uniform. It doesn't look anywhere near as good. No, I like. I like what they did. I like all the. I'm actually okay with pretty much all the changes they made. Yeah. Yeah. There are so many things in those movies that I watch them over and over again, and I still can't believe how. Uh, how no. resonant they are when he scruffles when he forces a, a kind of a head a head rub on Rocket when Drax does that to him and he's like okay and he does it and he just kind of takes it and then all of a sudden he kind of gets this sagging shoulders as he actually enjoys it mm-hmm. and uh no I can't so wow. the, the, the two movies looking forward that I'm most excited about is Thor 4 and yes. GOG 3 because yep. the, there's going to be some massive crossover there that's going to th- set the stage for the next Avengers. It's already there. Uh, yeah. That is just the beyond Natalie Portman being the next Thor. The, that shit is just uh, off the rails. And I couldn't believe how great the repertoire or the yeah, the rapport yeah. between uh, the, between the GOG and Thor. I think that's just oh, going to be so phenomenal. So good. So are so are we feeling optimistic or not optimistic about Villeneuve's Dune project, which is 
gotten so Fuck close you. they've done post-production photos. No? Not having it? <laughs> I am not. I'm how, not. how could you say that? Because I've just given up. I've given up. But there, there's not going to be... It's it's like uh, Arthur C. Clarke. There's never going to be a good movie ah. adaptation of it. It's just this fucking just give up. I'm just done. I'm over. I still want to see the version in. from that documentary. No, I'm done. I want to see the version I, from the documentary that has all of the... Uh, the brightly the colored spaceships and everything. What's that? No, I just fuck it. Yes, yes. Oh my god! Right? I want one of those Bibles. I want one. Right. <laughs> well, oh, and we talked. And we talked about this at, at my house. In fact, that the best thing that yeah. could ever happen on that project was that it died because it gave us Alien and all these other things because those oh, guys god, were released so to work much, on other projects. That came out of that. Oh, yeah. so amazing. No. So amazing. well, I know. No, I was interested in how many things they're changing to Dune to make it a little bit more. Um, Blade Runnery, more, Blade more Runnery. Female, more female characters, more people of color actually playing the roles that they should be playing, and some other things. And so I don't know. I think it looks interesting. What I found odd was, um, what was that they show? Kept Krypton? the nose filters the that, same. That, which was yeah. that? Krypton. I think I'm putting up there in the same estimation of Krypton, the series. Yeah, huh. it'll be great. I, I don't know what you're even <laughs> saying, man. I, that if that's what this, if that's the standard you're holding Dune to. Yep, that's the that standard holding like dude too. Garbage from beginning to end. Yep. Point <laughs> the process. So we're gonna be having a conversation <laughs> later when we see that movie, and you're gonna come out of there just like you did with Han Solo, you're gonna come out of there and say, You had some very good points. No. 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 <laughs> I if I said that I was talking about your driving acumen and not about the That's movie. probably true. It was all the bootleg turns I was doing on the way home. You're probably right. Yeah. Um, so how do you feel about some of the stuff they've revealed from Wonder Woman 1984 that actually shows things like her golden armor and they've shown something about what Cheetah might look like and Cheetah is making me a little bit nervous. I'm going to go and enjoy it for what it is. Yes, sir. <laughs> I like the gold armor. I think I think I like I, the fanny I, pack. No, I I defer to the director. Yes. And the vision of the creativity team yes. to not yes. fuck up female stereotypes. In the way that and, would put it back, right? And that's I think it's going to be on fine. The very edge on that with Cheetah, but I, right. I think they're, but I think I think they're trying to own it, right? Yeah. yeah. And 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 Linda Carter, Rush Salt, right? I think would be. She's um, not dead. She's not oh, dead. She should be. The. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, I'm kidding. Um, this is a this the, is a haunted uh, thing. I, I think I think the, the, there's a some of us must very, die. Wait, there's a very fine edge. Right between objectification and female empowerment, and I think yes. they are going to hit it dead on. I well, have no how doubt great about was it. it seeing what Sally Jenkins did, and then you see uh, what Snyder did with like the Amaz- the Amazonian costumes and how they were photographed, and the way uh, uh, Wonder Woman's costume was, and how she was photographed between the two movies. Yeah, there's no objectification in Wonder Woman, and it's it's purient in the Justice League stuff. Yeah, exactly. But what I'm saying is, I don't like Cheetah being in, being a single white female obsessive in a che- in a in a tiger or leopard print dress. Like I just, I hope that that's, I hope that that's a false flag, and that's not what we're going to get because that's not what I want. I don't, again, I'm just going to trust to Peggy. I like yeah. the t- I like the overly baked uh, Pedro Pascal as Maxwell Lord, though. I think that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, but 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 I, but but I also think they're a little bit inspired by Thor Ragnarok, mm-hmm. where so they too. went with where Ragnarok went totally retro in its color scheme and aesthetic, 
Yeah. Right. I, and Guardians as well. I would put forward the same thing. Well, we had and Rand- and yeah. and there were resounding successes. So I think the color scheme of the palette and the the well, whole and Stranger hyper eighties thing, right? I think it's going to be fine. So, and Stranger Things too is all they're all yeah. leaning on that same imagery. It, yeah. In fact, so much so that it's a little awkward that she's beating people up in a mall because at that point it's like it looks like the set of Stranger Things season three, right? Or Terminator everything. Yeah, you're right. Or Terminator everything. Yes. Um, okay. And then, uh, did you read that uh, the casting Andor prequel for Disney Plus? They cast Stellan Skarsgård in it. Yes. Excellent. Excellent. It's it. almost a Herzog, right? Almost there bringing in a Herzog. Almost, almost a Herzog, but not quite. If, if they would have brought in like three of the Scars guards, if they would have brought in three of the Scars guards, that would have been the same as a Herzog. <laughs> I think that's pretty amazing, actually. Now, did are, are you guys up on uh, uh, Penny Dreadful? Have you been watching that series? The I, Los Angelinos? I have not watched that one. I've seen Penny Dreadful, the original. Yeah. God. Mike? Yeah, I watched the original. Um, I know the new one's is the new one started. Yeah, yes. or it's about to start. It's in the forties, right? No, I, I, I watched I, I watched half of the first episode before I fell asleep, and it is totally fucking surreal. Or I don't. Did you have a gummy. I, like, I just think you did. What? Or did you have a gummy and just think you did? No, no, I actually had a rosé. Okay. And uh, <laughs> of course and, you uh, did. And it was very strange. It was nothing like I was expecting before really? I fell asleep. Yeah. Really. Very wow. strange. The I only character her, her dress actor, to the forties, though, right? The only actor that they have in commonality is Frankenstein. Hmm, interesting. Right? Frankenstein's monster. So, sure. yeah, sure. it's very strange. I like so, the imagery I'm, of that. I just I don't know how it's going to go. It almost feels like they should have changed the name because Penny Dreadful doesn't work in the forties. <laughs> it really doesn't, does it? Or something. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> Oliver Oliver Dreadful. Mm-hmm. Oliver Dreadful. <laughs> <laughs> Well, on that note, <laughs> but yeah, I'm interested. I have not, I have not <coughs> grabbed Showtime to watch it yet. Showtime, Cinemax, which one's it on? It's on Cinemax. Stars, stars. No, no? Oh, is it Stars? Okay, I have not oh, grabbed it. Showtime. It's Showtime. It's Showtime. It's Showtime. Showtime is uh, Penny Drift. Yeah. Actually, I know it's not Stars because when I started my trial of Stars, I was like, I'm going to watch American Gods and Penny Dreadful, and then yeah. what I got was American Gods. <laughs> So, so how's American God season two? Because I, I have saw... no idea. I've only been okay. two episodes of season one. That's it. That's okay. all I've gotten into. So, but one, I want to like it. So, no, it, yeah. What do you think about talking about a little show that we like to call Westworld? Okay. Two we've hours into the about, show, I think. Yes, <laughs> yes. We talked about season three. We talked about episodes one and two in our first of this series. We've talked about episodes three and four in our second of the series. And now at the time of this recording, uh, we've had five, six, and seven. So yeah. let's let's we, see where we go with this. Can I can has there Mike, have you seen all of these? Oh yeah, I am I am caught up I the last thing I saw was a really awesome fight between a drone helicopter and two yes. really big Maeve and Dolores. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. yes. I was going to say who they were. <laughs> so, we, we've we've touched on a number of in a number of ways about how this season has been the best of cyberpunk, and uh, and then oh after God, our last right? discussion, then we get into this one, and they each have their own version of a of a drone assist, and one of them is a gunship. I, I was just I can't even right. <laughs> it's, 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 I, I so am I, so excited right now. <laughs> 
But yeah. but I'm I'm excited and depressed. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because there's only one more episode. I know. And, I know. And and I, and, I, and I'm and my appetite is whetted for like yes. another ten episodes. Yes. yes. I, I'm going to see like a thirty-six hour movie. Yes. There's <laughs> a certain this. Game of Thronesism happening here of those last few seasons of Game of Thrones where you're like, well, we got a whole lot to cover and we only have two more episodes. What's happening here? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, but, but, but I, I, so this is a show that I think is one of the beneficiaries of not knowing if it's going to get renewed or not. Right. Because that each season has just been outstanding. I really and wish it could be didn't... a standalone thing, right? Like, yes. I wish they hadn't leaked that, that, uh, season, that season four was greenlit because I would have liked to have gone into the end of this not knowing yeah. what they were going to do. But, uh, so I don't know how you want to manage the session, Tom, but... Uh, Here's what I think. I don't want to do the whole genre episode because of right. the whole Schlitzky... Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's, not go, let's not go deep into every episode as, a, as its own thing, but let's just, let's establish what... Just a fucking great super, show this is. A super brief on each episode, and then we'll just talk about it all at once. Okay, so we can just bounce around because yeah, who cares? My general point is that Aaron Paul and Evan Rachel Wood, like the way they play off each other, is yeah. so solid. Like yeah. really well it, cast against each it, other. It's 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 Bogart esque. Yes, it, it it is really strange because I never thought it would work until it worked so perfectly. And so, how much? <laughs> and how? And how about how Aaron Paul is just transcended? what well, he already had a great career. Oh yeah. Archetype. And yeah, he's a know. really underappreciated actor. He's like really that, underappreciated. What he did on Breaking Bad. Yeah. In every scene. What's just that? like I said, the underlying rage he just has in every scene. Yes. Like it's just that boiling under the surface the entire time you see him on screen. And then you get to that culmination. You're like, yeah, brother, burn it all down. Go for it. Yeah. But it's that combination of the, of the simmering rage when he allows it. And then it's that weird malaise and that resignation that he had when he was yeah. in the when he was in the process, and he knew that his therapist was uh, was artificial, obviously, right. and he just he so, just go yeah, through the motions. No, it's it's uh, Nitzer Ebb meets Melancholy in the Infinite Sadness. I think that's that, perfect. Is... <laughs> that's exactly right. Right, and yeah. uh, and he did, height. So, yes, yeah, but it's um. Outside of the character acting behind it, the story arc and the yeah. history and the layering of it has just been phenomenal. And Tom, I'm coming more and more into your camp that says this is all a sim. I'm telling I'm you, thinking, it's starting to come back. Isn't so, it? so it's no, coming back like, around. Like, like all the stuff with the patterns that uh, William was looking for in the skulls of yep. the robots and the scalps yep. and everything. Yeah, yeah. And how they're projecting that same imagery of the puzzle up on the walls every time. Yep. And some of the character affectations and the layer within and the layer and the layer within, you know, yep. like the inception quality of it. Yep. Yeah. I, it's even if it ends in that solid sixth trope of, well, JR was just sleeping. Yes. It would be. But, but it, it, yeah. It's so well done. Well, I yeah. mean, this could, like we talked about before, this could be like Lost, right? Where the where the no, fan theory up. possibility shut your fucking was, hole, shut your fucking hole. It's not going to be like no. <laughs> where the fan theory was more interesting than the execution. Like when I was yeah. convinced that Lost was a, t they were stuck in a tesseract and they were on the other side of the of I remember the same dimensional world. I mean, I was one hundred percent convinced, and the 
and the smoking gun for me was the still and seeing that the constellations were inverted and i was just losing my mind i'm like it's proof it's proof it's proof they're on the other side of the plane and then and then the editors were like well actually it was compositionally we just liked we do this a lot we liked it better so we just mirrored it and i'm like Mm -hmm. huh (laughs) you don't do that on lost okay you don't do that on lost (laughs) and and didn't the shark have like a lip tattoo yeah that's right yeah Yeah, there's so many frames. I remember this first couple of seasons being like, okay, this is like I had the whole murder board out. And yeah, then it was yeah. like, no, we're done. Yeah. Yeah. But well, I think Westworld, right, when the AI and the way that they're doing yeah. the AI uh, everywhere, and including the pseudo AIs and the, and yeah. the copies and the data transfer. Well, now we have da- we have AI's daddy, right? We have Solomon, yeah. the, the father of Rehoboam. Yeah. So and, and literally I think, and, and figuratively. Yeah. Literally and figuratively. And the and I don't think we even touched upon the special project that unleashed a bunch of hosts out into the world right. as prime ministers and presidents and politicians and all this. Right. right. Um I think I don't so know. We've if, got these two competing we yeah, have these sorry, two sorry. competing yeah, but compatible uh undercurrent theories, right? You're pushing the the agenda that it's that that Delos has been putting hosts host plants in place of humans based on information they got out of the park and they're putting them in place so that they can influence events with it. And my, and my angle is that we're watching a sim within a sim and that the world that we've, a lot of the imagery that we're seeing is imagery from the sim version of the same circumstance. And I was basing that largely on the fact that we were seeing the same event multiple times, but there were differences and Mike, the best example of this was in the Charlotte episode when she's presented with the evidence that true Charlotte had been trying to call home and leave a message for her son about what happened in the park. And they show right. her watch the thing and stop it. And then later on at the end of the episode, they show her play it again. And it's the same beginning. But then mm-hmm. this time it goes into this whole thing about I want to read, I want to sing you this thing. And I wait, this is what we right. did. And here's the song. And it's not just an extension of the recording. It's a different recording. And I was convinced that one of those was the real version. And one of those was the sim version. And the whole problem with the divergence in the diagrams was the places where Rehoboam's prediction of how things were going and modeling versus what was really happening were not lining up. Right. And, and so my it camp... Can't, it can't predict host behavior. No. And that's the problem. Right. But no. But to my, my camp is that there was a divergence and there was a, a I think there was the the system that informed the host about how reality should be and then reality and there was a disconnect until it was witnessed and the emotional ethos and pathos that is programmed to the robots forced them to be human in a way they don't want to be. And so they're actually trying to save humanity at the same time they're trying to kill it. And the whole team, May versus Team Dolores is all just an artifact of industrial complex. And it's going to come together in a way that uh, is going to be brutal, ugly, and fascinating. We call those robots, actually? Robots? Robots. Robots. Bots. So so does that... One thing I did not like in the last episode was that, was the interchange between Dolores and Maeve. It, I don't know, it felt... uh, I liked the fight, and I understood the two forces come together, but it just felt like their reasoning for that fight was just like, well, yeah, but I just want to fight. I'm like, uh, okay, <laughs> cool. I want to see you do this. Well, no, there were some, but... there's some law, there's some definite logic yeah. flaws in that in that moment because Maeve 
there was no reason why Maeve wouldn't step into that field and say, you know, I've been set up to destroy you. I don't yeah. believe in anything you're doing, but give me my daughter and I'll walk, I completely, I'll I walk com- away. I, I completely disagree. That is such that that's 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 invalidating the emotional connection and depth of those characters and how they are more human than human. I think I think you, Tom, would go to war to save your kids against anyone. It doesn't matter who sure. it is. Sure. And and so how can you question the legitimacy of Maeve's reasoning and passion about the same very topic? And it goes beyond that because they're talking about hundreds and but thousands if I of was posts faced that she up, into it. No, no but I was faced, no, but if I was faced have with a larger ways. evil. No, no. If I was faced with a, with a terrorist or some sort of some organization that stole my kids and I said, give me my kids and I'm going to walk away. I'm not going to nuke the building if you give me my kids back. And they're like, sure, I'll give you your kids back. There you go. Hmm. Where's my impetus to nuke the building? If I don't no, have a political agenda that was because you've lived to fight another day, that's the impetus, right? But I mean, Maeve is smart enough to know, so maybe, and this might be me not catching something. Delos has just said that he can he can take care of the that's going to destroy her daughter's alternate reality. Right. No, but he's the, never actually Ciroc. given any proof he can do this. Correct. Correct. I'm Delos. sorry, Sirac, not Delos. Sirac, yeah. I apologize. Yes. I mean, no, and, and, that, and that's to, and that goes to Blake's point too, which is that she doesn't trust Dolores has good intentions for all of the hosts that she's collected in the no, host no. afterlife. Because right? now, now that they've assembled their own teams from the host core, yeah. so now, right? So, but what's interesting is that Dolores only had Dolores, and Maeve now has other people. And right. I think the wild card, I think the wild card in all of this is Bernard, because right. no one has really identified who Bernard is working for or against. Yes, both sides are communicating with him. Both sides view him as special, and so I think Bernard. Well, okay. If he's not a Dolores clone, no. If he's not a Dolores clone, I think he could be the wild card in and 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 all of he's this. He's got to be the wild card. But the, but yeah. from the narrative standpoint, when we last were talking about this, we were talking about the fact that D- the Dolores didn't seem to necessarily have the intent to burn it all down. Her agenda seemed to be to unlock humanity against itself to distract them so she could go off and build her host world and subsequently it seems mm-hmm. quite apparent that she's setting up uh caleb caleb to burn the world down right on her behalf yeah, so no, that she can but, set up their own thing so like her, her but, but uh I, but it's, so it's the, looking the, worse it, for her yeah see what's really interesting is that uh so i'm not convinced caleb's not a host yeah it's interesting. Okay, number one Number two, um, so what you were talking, Mike, about how uh, Evan Rachel Wood can just turn it on and burn it all down, the, the insanity of it. Mm-hmm. There, are, there, there are very few actors and actresses that could pair together that would be that insane together, like, uh, <laughs> right? And, and that, that hatred and energy bubbling beneath the surface. And I'm not convinced that the Lord... So here's some interesting questions for you all. So do you think... Bernard is a Dolores clone, or do you think Caleb is a Dolores clone that's been asleep for cell for a very long time? Mm-hmm. And, I don't think uh, either of them is a clone. I don't think either one. Mm, I so I'm gonna put. What about you? I'll think Bernard a, is? I think I think uh, I think Caleb is the awakening. I think he is Usul in the Dune metaphor here, <laughs> right? I think I think. Uh, there's going to be some interesting properties, but I also think that this is all going to come into a place where it's going to be like X-Men last call, whatever it was, uh-huh. uh, 
where <laughs> all the enemies come together and they find out they're friends and then they go against humans and they just torp the whole place. Um, so. They all drive cyber trucks into the desert. Yeah, well, that, to meet me. I had some issues with this last episode. One issue was uh, that uh, I found it challenging that they rode on horseback into the desert purely to have a West, purely to have a Westworld reference. When they I thought that was total crap. I thought that was yeah, total crap. They, they, yeah, they should have been in a in a, a high speed vehicle. There's no way they would have taken a, horses in, uh, unless the concept is not be tracked. In which case, they didn't earn it because they didn't establish that. And they also didn't right. establish that she cared about that. Um, yeah, what was the other thing? Which I would think... have been an easy throwaway line about sensors around the facility or something, you know? Right, 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 right. There was something else that there was some other fundamental plot point that I couldn't understand in this. Oh, you know, I, part of the problem I had was that they spent a lot of time fragmenting Caleb's memories and restructuring them with the supposed true memories. And I felt like in another project that would have been a, you know, back when Brian Singer was okay to appreciate his work, that would have been a usual suspects moment that would be 30 seconds long, right? It's Chaz Palmentieri dropping the coffee cup and going, holy shit. Kaiser Sose was here all along. That's the way they could have handled Caleb realizing that his memories were completely false and that he was doing all the things he remembered he was doing. He was actually doing as a as a, a hit guy for for uh, Serac. Um, or not Serac. Yeah, Serac. No. I think that would have yeah. been more powerful than a whole episode. In the same way that as much as I think we all kind of felt awkward about the genre episode, they could have spent five minutes on genre and spent the rest of the episode being interesting. And instead, we got a whole episode worth of his hallucinations, which was yeah. not as interesting because it got deleted. So, right, but so what? What if they're not? What if they're not fractal memories? What if they are fractal implants? Right, right. So yeah, I can see that. The genre was just a shit show of an episode. All right, so okay, so all right, wait. So let's let's briefly let's briefly talk about. Um, what was the last one? It was called Past Pawn. Um, so, so since better we than Mother of Robots. That's right, <laughs> Mother of Robots. So, <laughs> in the last, so in episode five is the genre episode. So that's the one where they're wandering around and mm-hmm. uh, in the club, Caleb has in the club, whatever it was. Oh yeah, Caleb found the drugs, or I don't know what the deal was, but he took the drugs no, and then he uh, the, no, he got spiked. He got, oh, he got spiked, right? And so he got, yeah, he got spiked, and we have a whole episode where he's watching, he's experiencing this this high that he, makes him see no, different. He falls, in love, he falls in love with Dolores. Yes, that's yeah. the bottom end. And then the, the love only scene is valid part, human, right? Yeah. It was the only valid part of that entire thing was that it would imprint him. But I felt like they could have gotten there a lot easier, which is the chemical imprint on her, and then be sobered up from it, and then ask himself, "Do I feel the way I feel because I was chemically imprinted?" It's like we've seen that in comics and other stories all the yeah. time, right? Do I love you because I, I was programmed to love you? Did you cast but, but a spell no. to make me love you? Right. No, I, I I just love the whole thing with Evan Rachel Wood like firing an RPG and yes. a Tech Nine, and he looks over and just like ah, that oh, was, that was the best scene of the entire episode. But you I have to admit, yeah. like that everything, like that bit where he just kind of does that blink at her, and then she's just kind <laughs> of like, "You gonna fire that gun or what?" And he's yeah. like, "Right, I'm here for a job," and then yeah. starts shooting like that. I mean, that grand, was good. Uh, 
I get I get that the entire like it diluted itself by stretching it out across the whole episode, but there was there was kind of this like the whole sleepiness of the whole episode and that one moment of clarity was kind of a nice it was it like was. Oh, yeah, you do have a job, brother. <laughs> well, yeah. well but I think but I think it would have been more impressive. I think it'd been more interesting as is always the case with people who do drugs on film. I think it would have been more interesting if we didn't see the drug cam and we just saw him alternating between delirium and paranoia and wonderment and they could talk about what's happening to him but don't actually show it. And then all the way until that moment when he's looking at her and she's looking at him and then we get a one second blip of what he's seeing and there's the birds and the hearts and shape shit everywhere and then it's back the to doves. reality. And the doves, the doves, the doves right? Fly. Like, like that would have been that would have been a much stylistically interesting and a much more powerful episode. I much I would much have much rather have seen him staggering through that episode, uh, in, you know, intoxicated. But we don't see all the things he's seeing because it felt very indulgent. And I say this with love. I felt like I was watching a role playing game session. I thought I was watching Queen. Yeah, like uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Right? Yes. I think. Yes. Um, but the it whole like slitter slog like night clubbing and night clubbing like it was and so I, on I, the nose. like like it was, it was uh, to me that was kind of like an homage segment like we're it legitimate was. we're here and throwback but why <clears throat> why but I don't and what, it's self indulgent it's self indulgent what tonally did that have to do with anything in Westworld nothing except for the scene on the beach right because yeah. it, it culminated on that scene on the beach sure. where he's coming to grips with himself and what he's done and the fractal divide in his mind <clears throat> what was also important is that it was right after right the system download and people were jumping off the pier and swimming out right. of the ocean and killing themselves right and so the the final three minutes of that episode redeemed the 57 minutes of shit we had to go through because it just uh that underscored the magnitude of what folks are going through. I was just I'm frustrated not, that we wasted. You guys are, but then again, I'm not. What's that? What? I said, I'm not as harsh on this one as you guys are. I enjoyed it for what it was, but I mean, I understand your comments. I did not. It did not rub me the wrong way. I'm like, okay, we're doing a drug thing. All right. I know what this looks like. But we've seen it so many damn times. It's just. Uh, uh, yeah, I did. I'm not yeah. saying it had anything yeah. new, but. It gave yeah. us a chance to get Ash and Giggles back, which so, was great because we love them. They should have gotten if they wanted to do this. They should have had Danny Boyle direct it. It felt very Danny Boyle, didn't it? Though, uh, right? But but Danny Boyle would have done better. Get Danny Boyle, but yeah. Um, the oh, the James Bond that could have been. Uh, okay. Oh, don't even get me started on that. I want to. I want to pull back to season one just real quick, and it felt like, it felt like because this was when she dumped everyone's history on them, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So if we jump back to Maeve, when she's getting her, like, when they hand her her, her responses that she's giving, yeah. it's it was, we never got to see a human do that, which I thought was interesting. Right. You know, because everyone else, like, it seemed like everyone lost their shit. <laughs> like, totally. you saw what the world said and said, fuck it, I'm done. Whereas there's got to be people who's like, all right, well, okay. <laughs> well, that's right. And that, and also the, uh, the conceit that the world would go mad implied that people would believe it. Yeah. That there's, I think there's a heavy dose of denial and skepticism that yeah. we were not given. 
Yeah. Not, we didn't see evidence of it. I think that the, it traded on the idea based on the on the case studies we saw that people were given such specific information about their lives yeah. that uh, that they couldn't they couldn't explain it away. But to me, then the response is bewilderment and existential dread and all kinds of stuff that's related to religion <laughs> and well, we saw some of it. But yeah, I yeah. feel like more people would have reacted with shut by shutting down than yeah. throwing chairs through liquor store windows and and uh riding on top of the taxis and all that other stuff because it was I like agree. i felt like for a brief moment and this goes back to that feeling about it being a role-playing game episode um i felt like we slid right into um strange days right they just are you saying in a bad way because you're saying this in a bad way you're not my friend anymore no i'm just saying <laughs> strange ways you walk in and they didn't really earn it they just immediately said here's our version of cyberpunk and go and everything is space madness. And, uh, but there was no, but there was no establishing establishing as to how the world got that way. It was just the, it was like, indulgent, yeah, it was the indulgent early nineties chaos applied to cyberpunk yeah. world and the inexplicable casting of Ray Fiennes in that role. So, <laughs> so yes, but we also got Angela Bassett. Oh, we sure did. We we got Storm thirty years earlier. But, but I guess what I'm saying is, um, it felt tonally so different. The people going stir crazy and immediately devolving into chaos, yeah. Combined no, with, it... like, what we didn't see was, oh, and also all your digital currency is gone, and all the yeah. infrastructures failed, and right. the stock market collapsed, and all this other stuff. And by the way, I, mean... I read a, I read a tweet the other day that said that the uh, stock market, yeah, uh, is just. Um, uh, a graph of the of the feelings of rich white people, and I thought that was absolutely hilarious. <laughs> not saying anyway. it's wrong. <laughs> not saying it's wrong, but I mean, I don't know. So yeah. So I I, I understand what you said. I mean, maybe uh, I don't want to. Like, I'm not the creator. I'm not the writer. I don't know, but it's it's possible what their what the intent was that the world had been held in such a like a strict hand that yeah. any release was like an cascade. unspooling of twine. Yeah. You know? it's a cascade. Right. Yeah. Well, and I, but, think, yeah, eh, I don't know, but there's also, I think there's some argument. To, there's an argument to be made that the reason why we spent a long time in the genre effect and experiencing yeah. that is that that is a time honored, uh, contrast. That's fun, which is that there's chaos happening. Think of John Woo going back <laughs> to mission impossible Two, right? It's, yeah. There's chaos happening, or and then off. you put in, yeah, and face up chaos happening, and then you play some classical music, and you put things, and you and you and you slow things down, and you got a bunch of slow mo of, of crazy horseshit going on, and well, I mean, you've got you some go sweet thing in the middle of it, huh? You can get back to Kurosawa. I mean, that's right. Well, you know how much Kurosawa is in this, right? There's a uh, ton in this entire season. So, oh yeah, especially I, with the samurai and oh, yeah, yeah. all of that. Yeah, it's just amazing. The pearls are a baby in the, you know, <laughs> lone, lone, lone wolf and five pearls. So, um, so wait, I, so th there's a tactical question for you. The damage okay. pearl versus the Dolores copies. Yes. Uh, what do you think that's going to have on the impact? Because it looks like Charlotte Dolores and Dolores are no longer right. on Sympathy. the same page, right? I and love so... my favorite thing about this season, other than uh, Warbot Wednesdays, my favorite thing about this season is... Uh, is is charlotte being burned up and being tweaked by her her 
choice to go with the the, mm-hmm. the human mapping for however she has the human mapping and then that putting her at odds with what charlotte's doing i thought that was amazing i love that part yeah so now, the dam- damage coast that's the one that they they, they spooled up to interview her right mm-hmm. um, the naked it- dolores so I assumed that that was just the Dolores that was the Irish guy who blew himself up. No, that's a Dolores no. they pulled from Westworld. Right? All right, cool. Isn't that right? Didn't they pull that one from Westworld? Yeah, indeed. Is that the one they got from Westworld? That was... There was now, a what bit happened of, to that pearl? Narratively, there was some iffiness in... <laughs> it was in exposition some... heavy, wasn't it? Oh, but I... Sorry. I just also had to go back to the Maeve-Dolores confrontation because Hector... Yes. Yes. What happened to Hector? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so what happened to Hector? That the, the is what definitely off. put her over the edge. I think that's what put Maeve over oh, the edge. Yeah. yeah. That, was, that was a legit that was a legit not, death. It's not the same Dolores. It doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't it, matter. Uh, that's there's there's a uh, uh Yeah. So there's there's, 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 there's team Dolores, there's team Dolores. Right? There's team Dolores out there. Are though. No. There's Team Dolores in May's mind, and there's everybody else. And Team, and team, De- and team Dolores killed Hector. Killed Hector. I, I hear way, what you're saying. I get what team you're Dolores saying. is a sugar DVD search, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> team Dolores versus everybody else, and May and and Hector, right? Because that that relationship that was, was far the more nuanced. That was that was it. Yeah, that was that was that like, was it. I was like, oh, you're making a mistake. That's a bad move. That was it. Other, well, other than her daughter, Hector was her her true emotional connection. Yeah. So and his this true is, death was like that. This is a lot like Civil War with yes. Cap and and Iron and Tony. Yes. Uh, yes. Right. And uh, yeah. Oh. So when friends, I thought you were saying this one's the monitor friends. and this one's the Miramac, <laughs> and you know how that went down. I'm like who's the Miramac again? <laughs> I was really confused. All right. Who am I? So, uh, yeah. I'm a transparent eyeball. What? Yes. Ah, so. So 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 what happened to the damaged what happened to the damaged pearl after they had their exposition interview? Um Charlotte took it. Charlotte, Charlotte took it. The machine and left. Okay. But the, so it exists. Yeah. All right. But I, now, but I but I think but I think the damage I think the damaged pearl may be related to Bernard more than Dolores mainframe. Hmm. One of the problems with the multiple Doloreses, it was an interesting twist when we're asking who are all the pearls. But one of the problems is they're sliding into um, uh, Cytine territory and not in a good way. If, if we can slip yeah. into our CJ Cherry here, okay? It's that why are the... I do not wait, start. I'm not going to slide into any CJ Cherry. <laughs> <laughs> That's why she added the H so, after all. Stop. To no, keep her stop. away from Cherry. Stop. No, it's not going to happen. But, but so can we I have, ask another? We have clones. We have clones yeah. that are exact copies, put into different host bodies. And why are they acting with autonomy? And why are they subservient to one of the other? One of the other, you know, their source. Well, because I think they have to be. Role. I think they have to be because they're. I think and they're all like AIs. Programming. What's that? Because even all the people, like all the, well, not all the memories, but enough, enough of the program. That's why the Charlotte one started getting all funky. Well, well I think. So, I, uh-huh. I think it's because they're trying. The, the overall premise here is that they're trying to become human, uh-huh. and the individual experience is what defines a human. And the more you study humans and the chromo map and whatever, they they probably understand that 
everybody's a culmination of nature and nurture and experience. And so, you know, it, it's sort of like the Cylon thing, back right. to Battlestar Galactica. Like, if you have a bunch of clones of yourself, what's the point unless they are able to evolve yeah. and be better at, at being human than human? And I think that's why. What that's I... Very what, what I Yeah. But what I have an issue with is why is Maeve able, able to upload and download the different pearls that go around? Why does she have that? And, 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 and no, why does she have the I godhead? She has that, that deus ex, ex machina ability to influence no, no. technology, too. But but, the, but even sense. the host and the the target combinations, like even with Charlotte, they can only emulate her to her last download. So you can mm-hmm. download and upload these things, and they're downloading the host data Right. Onto a thumb drive and taking it off. Right. So why is why is there this fascination and permanence in the pearl? Yeah. The pearl is just the pearl is just a storage medium. It's not yeah. the data. And I don't get it. Yeah. How interesting is it that this was happening at the same time as Altered Carbon season two and how yeah. they're basically bouncing off the same concepts, but they're going at it from different directions. And one of them has the gravitas and the production quality of Westworld, and one of them has the production quality of an amazon direct amazon show of alice's and, restaurant and, and 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 he hits you over the head right um but some of the concepts were the, were were interesting right altered carbon had a lot of really good concept material that they couldn't quite execute in the show but i kept yeah, looking I, at it as extended reading references for westworld like they kept talking about concepts about where the soul was and where the sentient was and what happens when you get killed and you get rebooted back from your default state, mm-hmm. your previous state and are you the same person I think that's mm-hmm. fascinating stuff but I, but I think, and that, I think we're and that st- goes back to the side team though, yeah. that goes back to side team why but, are these well, but, but, again, it, but Star Trek Roddenberry did that Asimov did that with iRobot the whole series, like what, what is consciousness what is life, what is a soul How does it mean, what does it mean when you can simulate everything. Right? My vacuum cleaner cannot kill me. What the question though is, did she boot up her pearls and then control the programming of them to be subservient to her? Because if that's the case, I don't think so. Mm-mm, I don't think so either. And if they're operating as a hive mind, or if they're operating in a in a way that they have conceded to her running things and give and giving them giving them suicide mm-hmm. orders. What? No. No, I, I I think they're all martyrs, right? Yeah. So here, here's the thing with the hive mind, the disagreement is that when the first grounding experience that took Charlotte off for cutting herself, when she was in direct physical contact with Dolores in the hotel and they were able to like oh, yeah. talk each other down from it and the physical contact, right? That, 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 right. that, that, that visceral as opposed to ephemeral. And I think, I think that's what they're, I think that's the point of the show, right? It's so you you ridiculed me for Battlestar Galactica, but I think it's the same question. Like, when does AI become real AI? When when do you go from being a machine to being a human? And what is that tipping point? And what does that mean? Well, and the, and the, and the fundamental argument to that is that the good, the positive direction, is evolution towards humanity. The, the yeah, fa- the imperfections <clears throat> of true sentience. The ability to be yeah. in denial, the ability to delude yourself, the ability to make mistakes, the ability to have decision making mm-hmm. that is not rational. All those things. I mean, look at all the Roddenberry stuff with that. Look at all yeah. the stuff that they did with data in Next Generation it was all about like the mm-hmm. more the more chips he booze, he booted up that allowed him to the more fucked up he got, the worse he was. 
right? Yeah. There's, so, I mean, that's a common theme in a lot of this uh, stuff. Right. So, so back yeah. down to a lower level, there's a really good Gargoyles episode about this, too. <laughs> I drew Gargoyles once. The, uh, but I, to me, it's a, it, it's what you're evolving to, right? So in Battlestar Galactica, they start off inhuman, they turn into human. Uh, these things, they were designed to become human, to imitate humans so that they could do counter-surveillance missions, in my opinion. I think that's right. going to be the right. ultimate motivation. Or to do the immortality. Right. I can transfer my consciousness into a platform, and now I don't have to worry about pooping. Um, what do you think about my theory that Re- Rehoboam cannot predict the decision-making of hosts? I absolutely, I absolutely agree because it's it's asymmetrical, right? And I think that that's the that's the um, that is one of the most interesting things about the season to me is it's a version it's a ghost in the shell style version of AI versus AI where they've evolved in two different directions and they're at, they're diametrically opposed to each other because they can't they can fundamentally not relate to each other. What so? Can I can I give you yes. my little expose, my proselytizing yes. soapbox yes. here? Blake just stands here. He's in the video with his hand up the entire time. No, because I'm asking permission. I don't want to yes. intrude. Go ahead. <clears throat> um, so it's interesting, right? Uh, yes. You take a look at evolution versus devolu- devolution. Yes. And so Aaron, Paul, Caleb, right? Yes. He goes out of predictability because he's becoming more like a machine in his asymmetry. Right. Right, that that he's unpredictable. He's not going to follow the flow. He's not going to do anything else. And the machines, meanwhile, are going on the opposite end of it, and they kind of meet at this intersection point of devolution and evolution of the human species versus the host. And it's fascinating when you when you when you think about it that way about what the system is able to predict and what it's not able to predict, and what the outliers mean from a from that perspective as well so it's just it's just maybe the humans maybe the humans deserve to go into the gutter and maybe the robots deserve to go up because they're better than us at being us and we're worse at being them than they are it's well i I mean every story every story that discusses the the right to sentience uh is fascinating to me so whether it's, it's opportunism, replic- yeah, whether it's replicants, whether it's replicants, or whether it's hosts, or whether it's legit AI, I love the concept that you that that from a moralistic argument there should be no difference, and that true sentience is true sentience, and that the soul does not exist. And then from that perspective, I think these stories are fascinating because the more human-like the hosts are becoming in this particular instance, the more flawed they are. And the more host-like the, the humans, humans are, becoming, are right, right. The, the 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 more clean they are, right, right. So in the in episode six, which was called de- in episode six, which was decoherence, the two main things that happened are, uh, well, it was we talked about that Hector Hector died. Um, no, there's a whole lot of shit that happened in decoherence. Yeah. We haven't even so why don't, talk, yet. why don't you talk no, about we, decoherence? No, but, but, Actually, but, I need uh, you to because, as you recall, I stayed up very late to try to watch it, and it started at one thirty in the morning, so, and no, I missed I parts I, of it. So the the only thing, so the other thing that we haven't talked about, decoherence was basically a transition episode between genre yes. and the tip ripper that <laughs> was, tip ripper uh, with pond pass the cyber um, tip ripper. I mean, you haven't even yeah, but the 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 element that was brought to the fore in decoherence was William, right? Right, half the episode. So let's talk about that. Right, half the episode was about Ed Harris, and thank God because he's a national treasure. 
the um the the fact that he's done interviews talking about how he was not happy about the script and becoming the white hat and uh and i think that was but he's not i think it's the i think it was a total MacGuffin MacGuffin. bullshit interviews that he gave because i'm sorry (laughs) because i will tell you that therapy episode the therapy scene yeah where he's got his his adolescent self the young adult the aspirational adult the, the adult in manifest and the adult after the fact and then he kills all of them right with yeah. like a spoon while and I'm like, <laughs> I'm I'm like no brother you're not right it's like I, I i'm not a victim i am the perp of my life i think that is a really telling point right yeah, that right. i i am not i'm not a victim of victim of circumstance I am the one who dictated the circumstance to lead me to where I am. And that owning of it is something rare on this show, right? The, how amazing even Anthony was Hopkins, it? right? Oh, my God. How, how amazing was seeing Jimmy Simpson back as young William in that scene? I like it. Skarsgård. Hmm? He said Skarsgård. It's like, no. Jimmy sorry. Simpson. No, 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 Tim. Yeah. Oh, no. See? The closer you become to human to humanity, the more you're uh, you're becoming fallible, there, bud. I know, uh, but uh, I have that. It's, it's, it's the always sunny. He was yeah. the yes. one of the creepers, and it's always sunny. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, correct, correct. Um, so okay, so as I said, I kind of fell in and out of consciousness in this episode. And I need to rewatch it, and I meant to do so before watching episode seven, and I just couldn't stop myself. So here we are. Um, but I got the gist of it. But Dickel here is that he passed through yeah, a crucible and came out the other side, fully realized. Fully realized William, right? Well, and so I'm, now, and, and now you have William and Bernard together yeah. in a way that could completely transform the landscape. Sorak be damned, Maeve be damned, Dolores be damned. And now Ed Harris has got his head on his shoulders again, as opposed to eating his own poop. Um, <laughs> I mean, yes. so, yeah. I mean, they, they really went through a point there to, to explain, like, yeah, but your memory of the past is wrong <laughs> yeah like, showed him straight up no your memory is shit dude but like, the bots were telling him the bots were telling him that i don't know man yeah except for his daughter killing his daughter right well yeah. i think i think that it was very interesting but that's part of that what's interesting about his character is he's coming to full real full grips with that choice he's been very open about that I I couldn't I couldn't make heads or tails of what was reality. I killed my daughter unintentionally, and I can't I can't walk that back. That's right. an interesting development for that guy because, in a lot of ways, he has been in denial of how wicked he has become. When faced with or confronted with how evil he was in the first two seasons, right? He was routinely going back and raping and torturing and killing everybody, and all of and that's supposedly this- being. And this ep- episode disposed of all of those quandaries. Yeah, yeah it's like, fuck it, the past doesn't matter. No, I am teasing now. It's like, yeah. ugh, how should so you he, do that, man? He's, no, he skull-fucked his psyche, and yes. now he owns it. Like, yes, yes, <laughs> that, for sure. I, I don't that know if you can, oh, uh, I'm, just, I'm not sure that you can erase your past and no. still act as a person. No, no, no. It's completely the opposite. You embrace it, you become it, and then well, you move on from it. But he's not a but, but, yeah. but don't you it? think? Yeah, but no. don't you think another way of looking at that same thing is, and it's no accident he was in a falsely imprisoned in a mental hospital, but in previously presented and accused of being off his rocker. 
Um, well, but he, but he was. Isn't, isn't it quite possible that he had a psychotic break in that episode? Yes. No, but it wasn't that episode. It was before that. You look at his house and coming to, yeah. right. he's in his own mental prison. Right. Without therapy, without AR or whatever it is. And they made very careful references to Delos. Right. Right. But then he goes, Se- but, Delos Senior. Right. But then he goes into the clinic. And he's given all these therapy assistant aids and he actually embraces himself and he actually gets healed as a result of that. Not in the way that anybody wants, but he's not self-medicating. He's not self-diagnosing. He now admits that he's a sociopath and the only thing he needs to do is to kill every motherfucker out there. Know thyself. That, no, no. But but I think I, to me, that's the arc. Right? So you think it's... I, there I is think no, it was... There's no quandary anymore. There's no quandary in his mind. He's not confused anymore. He owns it. But I think that there was no accident. And what I did like about the structure of the episode is I thought it was beautiful that you see the uh, the stripped bare awakening of two pivotal characters in the show in one episode. Charlotte, right? It's It's the Dolores Charlotte and him, both of them being stripped away from all of the baggage and the delusions and the denial and the rationale for what they were doing. And being faced with a, a scorched earth and starting over. She was literally well, scorched. He yeah. was psychologically scorched, but they both ended in the same place, right? And so and so what does that mean for the rest of the players on the board? Right. I think it's fascinating. Season four. Yes, season four. So, okay. So then finally we get to, uh, do you want to talk any more about decoherence or do you want to dive right in? Because there was some Serac stuff. and No, I, well, Serac, the, the whole story with the, the human history and his... his uh, the most poignant thing to me oh, right. out, of his, the out of his art, of the program, yeah, right, the history of the program and the history with his brother, and most importantly, uh, that scene with crushing the skull on the air fin of a uh-huh. looks like a DC ten, which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the fact that they they're trying to encapsulate all these outliers or outsiders from the algorithm and put them into the 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 green herbivarium of uh, okay. psychic t- torment. And then committing his brother to the point where I'm going to put you on ice. But then put and, him on a dais. But then put him on a dais. But with an AI right next to him. So and have a solid still active. Right. <clears throat> so I have questions for you. This was the other yes. thing that I was trying to remember that I couldn't – that uh, plot, plot stuff that I was struggling with the logic of it. Why would they put all the outliers? Why would they go through the work of kidnapping and in quarantining all the outliers and putting them on ice when they could kill the outliers? Because what they ran the a scenario alive. Because they ran a scenario where they did that and it was much worse than what they did. Okay, That's fair enough. I'll, t- I'll accept that. Why is Solomon active? Because that's the only way he keep his brother alive. Bullshit. There's something else. No, I, There's something no, else I, going I, I disagree. On. Well, maybe, but in his head, maybe not physically, but to pair up, because I think we're going to find some other things about how the AI happened in like um, 2001, yep. where they have some psychotic tendencies or psychological tendencies. Don't you think in it's interesting, though, that if Solomon and Rehoboam are a, are a father child in mythology. Yes, and, but I think it's brother, brother. And I now think we have brother, brother. Yeah. And yeah. now we have two siblings that are separated off into different familial relationships. I don't know. I think that there's, I think it's no accident that they're split up. But one got an EMP up the ass, and so it doesn't yes. matter. Yes. So, okay. <laughs> All right. I want to get to that. Um, Mike, anything else you want to talk about with decoherence? No, no, I'm good. 
All right, you're good. All right, so so he's been looking at me this whole time. Mike, over to you. I'm I'm good. So okay, so we get to episode seven, past pawn, which is the most recent one, uh, which was a one hell of a cyberpunk game. Good lord. All right, where do we start? Is it the beheading of Musashi, or is it the the reemergence of uh, Clementine? Is it the Charlotte turning traitor? Mike? I I was I was most happy with Clementine popping back up personally because I I felt yeah. that like her loss in season two, I'm like, no, come on, you can choose any host. Don't choose Clementine to be the freaking plague. Oh but, totally. Okay, all right, fine. So no, like her her showing up and then um the Japanese Right, Japanese. the Japanese version of Armitage. Right? Oh my god, I love her so much. She was just—I mean, she's the sad Hanar- thing is Hanario. She's there, she's just high of a sword, high of a bow. Yeah, but like, uh, yeah, yeah. But it was the, it was a it was a it was an all woman kill squad, which was fun. Yeah, but yes, I mean, I, I do like it. I do like that Maeve is loyal to Maeve's people. Yes, like it's cool that she grabs the people that she loves. And it's like, these are the people I want out. These are the people I trust. And guys. And I went for Musashi and couldn't find him. And was and like, guys, well, yeah. I don't know if you were standing in your, uh, your, your Eames lounge, but I sure was when I saw that straight up Ghost in the Shell reference where the Yakuza guy drops his oh, briefcase gun out. Oh, yeah. I mean, you'll oh, never that get. Amazing. You'll, you'll that never was amazing. Beat the, you'll never beat the legit Masumini Shiro. Uh, suitcase gun because it literally just extended and started firing but yeah. this was like that was the nod to that and i was just jumping on it i could not believe yeah. it where was scarlett johansson in that nowhere uh, nowhere so okay uh what else so we figured out that caleb is a serac outlier right do do we care is this important that he yes. came from that facility that not only are they putting a bunch of outliers on ice, but they're also slowly trying to reprogram them and then reintroduce them into society. And he was probably to, next door neighbors with his brother. Right. To optimize outcomes. Right. The only reason right. that that would happen. But doesn't that but mean don't, don't, that Rehoboam is using Solomon then as part of the. Like, that's confusing to me. I think so Solomon to me is a subroutine. He's not an independent thing. So why, is, why, but then why is Solomon uh, pro, reprogramming, conditioning, and releasing outliers? Because he's a subroutine, and that's what a master program does: is it does adaptive right. evolution. So does that mean that Robaham, Does that mean that Robaham is relying on that subroutine of its own origin code to be doing that? It's an alternative scenario modeling and risk probability assessment to determine what factors and influence to a probable positive outcome. That's what you're that much, is. You're much is too that, comfortable saying that kind of thing, and no. Because if <clears throat> Robohem is is, it's is, game is modeling it's and game mapping plan. everything, no, and it's outliers, game yeah. But if Robohem is modeling and mapping everything in its simulation and its prediction modeling, and outliers are being reintroduced that have been conditioning, and those are two separate agendas that are mm-hmm. happening, and mm-hmm. Robohem is not connected to the first, how is it? How is Robohem reacting that to is, that? That's throwing think, off the models. I, I no, I think Solomon is a sacrificial anode of bit space. To do these scenario models so that Rohan can learn from them. That's what my thing. Mm. Yeah. Mike, how do you? What do you think about that? So Mike, you're our sacrificial anode in this podcast. What do you think yeah, about that? 100%. Yeah, I'm just speculating. Like, okay, guys, 
He's a <laughs> no, no, no. This is the best part. What are you talking about? We live for this. You should so, see. You should see the Chardonnay fueled rage, rage debates at the uh, at, at at Blake's dining table. The Calif- the Catalina wine mixer. That motherfucking okay. Catalina Gary, wine mixer. Gary Oldman was never going to eat that burrito. Yeah. All right. So okay. So which of the programs is sending out the jobs? That's, that's Rico. Yeah, yeah, that's Rico, and that's yeah. Rehoboam. Now, did you think that Rico was actually part of that program? You're 100 yes. percent with that. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think that yeah. it was actually connected until that. But what's moment. hilarious? That's what's hilarious is that it's named after Rico Conspiracy Act. Oh, totally. But, <laughs> so, well, yeah, we love on. that. But that was the well, first why, point where they told us that he was doing that. Yeah, that was supposed to be the way in which that Rico was the system by which Rehoboam was having outliers pulled out of the yeah, Gen Pop. Yeah. But well, it's. Well, no, maybe, no, maybe, I'm, maybe the program is when they're already out running. So, so no, but they you... said that the best way of catching outliers is to use a reconditioned outlier to hunt them down. They made Blade Runners in this story right. real quick. Right. But there's there there are more jobs than just finding people like correct. as you can see. Correct. Correct. So why is it running those jobs? Yeah, unless it's a general cover or unless it's being used as a means to resolve various other things, it's plot device. So it's just plot device? All right. Yeah. Okay. Because I was willing to accept that it was just a cool dystopian component of that world. Like, I didn't need it to be an AI managing Rico at all. I was perfectly no, yeah, happy was with happy. Rico being... Cool, yeah, that makes sense. I could totally see that. Yeah, but... I was totally happy with Rico just being the nth degree of so, of a peer-to-peer... Uh, you know, yeah, spot apps tape, yeah. run amok. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but it seems strange that you, uh, which may be the point that Tom's making, that you would have one system spitting people out, and then another system saying, "Okay, I got this one. Go do this thing." Blake's back, and he's got an opinion. Go ahead. I, I, I don't think it's that weird at all because um, models only good as in terms of their efficacy and validity about how they compare to other peer models. Sure. Right. So I think, I think the multiplexing of AIs, right. And you think of like, you take a, take a good look at Ian Banks and his sci-fi literature, which I think is influencing some of this AI thought as well. Um, this kind of plurality, I mean, consensus building and democratization of advanced compute, I think makes complete sense. So why not partition the risk? We're talking about supplanting an evolutionary species in a process from the abiotic to the biotic. I think that that's pretty cool. And you can make the claim that the more diversified you are and the better you ground truth it, the more resilient and robust the response is. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Mike, he gets paid to do that, right? That's what he does. Sure. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I'm not... I, I cannot find a flaw in your logic. That's what I'm like, okay. I mean... Yeah. But, 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 but that's why I go off on these things, because it's just right, right. like... Uh, well, but there's meat, there's uh, yeah. meat in the pie. That's what you like so about could you, it. So yeah. could it possibly be that, <clears throat> that Solomon is the one running multiple predictions and bouncing them off the base oh. state that is reality? Absolutely. Yes. It, it, it can be either way on that. It could be yeah. absolutely either way on that. But I also think this folds back into my question about whether we're looking at a simulation within a simulation. Right. 
And I think that's a very good question. In addition to, why does Maeve need to go through a simulation to kill a bunch of Nazis that practice up on her yes. fighting skills yes. to go kill another bot? Yes. I didn't understand oh, that at all. Yeah, we <laughs> talked about that. Is that oh, is that? Oh, let's kill Nazis. <laughs> yeah, is that it? Was that simply Quentin Tarantino? A, yeah, but I mean, if that was a if that was a a pandering nod to just another element of the seventies sequels and TV show that they just wanted to throw in there. Sure, but there's a lot more. There are better ways of integrating it in a in a way that makes it useful and necessary to the story, of which it doesn't seem to have that use so far. Its fundamental reason for existing is to establish that there's a difference between simulation world and host world. <clears throat> but when, and it, but, and and they established it, it through the not, and they established it not through the reality that the characters experience. But they established, other than Maeve, the, the, the fourth wall of Maeve saying, hey, I recognize this code, fuck it. Yeah, but, but, but more about so, the way it's composed for us and for our consumption. That the, yes, that but, the simulation is in a different aspect ratio and is filmed differently than the, the real world. But we all get that, right? I mean, I mean, everybody's seen The Matrix, everybody's seen all these movies. And so, to me, it's like... Uh, if you went to the Matrix 2 and Neo got presented with a different Matrix and a sub-Matrix and a sub-Matrix that went into it and then he learned he could control all of them. No, but I don't know why killing people is an important and integral part of her character development because what it is about is about her ability to go from inside a simulation to outside a simulation and control it. Right. But the initial version of the Nazi killing was about her... It, it existed for her to realize that she had to. She had the ability to control, to control the simulation no, but, by by but, subverting but, its expectations by planting all of the leaflets in everybody's pockets, and to provide the math problem <clears throat> bug to derail yes. the system to to slow computing time down so that she had but more I influence. But I all that you stuff that was valid. But but none of that was motivated by Ciroc. Right, you're right. That's what's confusing. So why did Tarak put her into a binding loop as opposed to sleep? I agree. I agree. Right. So no, the no, original no, no. use of it in the season made right. sense to me. The subsequent uses did not make sense to me. Right. Because they never used it again other than right. uh, a way to reunite with Hector. It was a plot vehicle and, to build a relationship yeah. with Hector. Yeah, and I demand answers. <laughs> and they won't return my calls. How did you well, feel yeah. about how did you feel about Musashi uh, being dispatched so quickly? Are I'm you okay with it. it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, Mike. Uh, I'm. I'm more interested in why that vat was filled with. Um, yes. With milk. replicant material. So you're talking about when Maeve was taken out in his yeah. factory, right? right. So we were talking yeah. about that on the previous episode, and we were thinking that 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 version of Dolores is managing the infrastructure for a clone for for creating clones on an industrialized scale, and yeah. they're, they're already out there. They are already, already out there. Right. Oh, they yeah. Already out there. Factory isn't being used. That's not a storage right. facility. Right, right. But that's yeah. but but with the, what we didn't see, I think we saw maybe we saw one builder builder machine, but for the most part we just saw the vats, which to yeah. me was interesting because it suggested that it was it was supply. It was infrastructure. Yeah. Um because you're not gonna always put all that together all in the same place at all times. Oh, That's yeah, oversim- right. oversimplification of, of how industry works. And so to me I thought it was fascinating that that was raw material for and a and a large amount of it. It's sorta of like in the movies where they open a crate, there's a whole wall of crates, they open the crate and they find nukes in it and they're like, Oh, okay. There's a yeah. lot of crates, oh, you know. Soil and green. Soil and green yeah. is people. 
That's right. Yeah. So, you know, I thought that was interesting. <laughs> no, I mean, um, I like the character. Um, it was, it, at this point, we're just weeding out the Doloreses, it feels like. So... Well, do you think it's interesting that the Doloreses have different uh, uh, game stats? So, Prime Dolores has all of the jiggered game stats where they're up to 11. So she's a really good fighter and she's really powerful yeah. and she's strong enough. She can fire a 50 cal without moving, yeah. which which pushes into Iron Fist, uh, uh, you know, why does a cyber arm mean that you don't obey the laws of physics with recoil? Right. But anyway, yeah, yeah. the point is, she, you know, she's got everything up to 11 and she's like this, yeah. this super character. So how come all of her clones don't have those abilities musashi you would expect that was and i thought maybe that was the reason for that sequence was to show that it wasn't it was an inferior build to dolores prime because when faced when with multiple opponents that were unpredictable that were very skilled overwhelmed and defeated in sure. a way that dolores wouldn't have been overwhelmed and defeated in theory dolores prime mm. No, I mean, there's, there, as is evident by all the dead Delori, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, obviously that she, she did, she has cheated her code, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, we're not denying that. It's, it, but why, I don't know. But why would she not, why would she not amp her, amp her other selves to the same level that she's at? Unless, so, they always play this, they always play this up whenever someone asks her about her plan. It's like, she already ran that simulation, and it turned out badly. So, like, it's, it, the easy answer is plot convenience. The, the, the next easy answer is that she said, okay, if I make them all like me, they're all going to want to be the new plan. So, that can't work. Well, so, that, yeah. Or, or. I know the original. They're all copies. Copies can be sacrificed. Well, and so that leads right. me to my question about... But that, but that le that leads back to my question about why are all of the Dolores clones following her and willing to sacrifice themselves unless she programmed them to be subservient and it relates <clears throat> to her having dumbed down their stats because she doesn't want them to be a threat to her. I am with you. You are with me. Remember, she says that to a lot of these yeah. uh, cyber things, right? So, does she yeah. not does she not treat them like children that are prevented from leaving the nest, right? Well, I don't She's, know. It depends on who's who's really in charge. Because I think Charlotte Dolores versus Dolores Dolores is going to be. I, I think there's something there there yeah. about who's ultimately in charge after that. And we never really uh, see so. yep. Dolores interact with Musashi. No. But no, isn't Masashi dead know. now? <laughs> well, he's well, yeah, dead. We're never going to oh. see that. That's no. done. <laughs> but I think there's something very interesting about them taking heads. Because they're taking. Well, because that's taking, where the pearls are. Right. They're taking pearls. They're not destroying the pearls, but they're taking the pearls. Which I well, thought was really interesting. Sorak's not a moron. Well, his whole thing was destroy all, kill all robots because he can't control them and they are. Uh, they are the ultimate outliers to his algorithm, but, but, and yeah, yet but, but he's not having. But he's not having his minions destroy pearls, even though he said he wanted to destroy everything. He wanted to destroy Delos's ability to create more hosts, but right. his henchmen are not killing off the pearls that he captures. Whereas because, 
Dolores has killed pearls. Well, isn't it better? Isn't it better to bring Dolores into the fence, put her up in a simulation, and see what understand what makes her tick? Because you can't predict her. Well, and that's and so, my question. Uh, is that, that what? Right. But that's my question. Is he planning on bringing, having the pearls brought back to him and plugging them into Rehoboam? Absolutely. In which case, in which case, is that like your classic Independence Day? Stick the thumb drive, the USB thumb drive into the alien ship, right? I hope not. But that's a, But that's why you need to have Caleb and Bernard. That are unpredictable outsiders of it. No, that are the determinants of it. Because they're not predictable. No, but from Serac's perspective, if Serac's mission, if his thing is, I'm going to capture these remaining hosts, and then I'm going to use them to unlock, I'm going to use Dolores to unlock the afterlife of hosts to get all that data. But I'm also going to take these hosts, plug them in, and analyze them to understand how hosts in the real world outside of Westworld operate. Then... But it could be that only one only one Dolores has the key that he's looking for, right? Right, right. Because over and over and over again, he's looking for the key. And so maybe he's collecting the heads. Well, and that's... Trying to, yeah. maybe and that was exactly the next thing I was going to go to, which is, why is the assumption that only Dolores Prime has the key to the afterlife? How many... How many right, which is why he's going after all five. How many have we seen? What's that now? We've seen four of the five, right? Four of the five. That's what Dolores, I thought. Dolores... Okay. Well, we saw Charlotte... We yeah. saw. Uh, no, Charlotte uh, was not. Yeah, Charlotte's one, and then Charlotte's he had, one. and they had Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, uh, Musashi. Dolores, and he had Musashi. So that's four. And the fifth is Bernard. Wait, wait, wait. I don't think Bernard's one. No, wait, the wait, fifth wait. one is Bernard. Oh, you mean the fifth pearl? Right, 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 right. Yeah. The fifth Actually, of Dolores is Bernard. I think I'm missing a pearl because we have. Jo- okay. Tommy Flanagan yep. is Martin Connell's. So that's one yep. of the pearls. Yep. We've but not got... Dolores. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One no, of that's pearls. a Dolores. Yep. That's that's a Dolores one. Pearl. That's our first Dolores Pearl. And yeah. then we have Charlotte. Well, second Charlotte Dolores Pearl. Huh? Charlotte's our first. Was she Besides revealed Dolores. before? Dolores, Charlotte. Was she revealed before Connell's? I can't remember that. Anyway, okay. And, Connell, so and then Charlotte and then, Dolores. And, then, and they have Masashi. And then yeah. Masashi, that's three. So what, we are yeah. missing two then. That's, that's four because Dolores, Dolores. No, no she, took five, no, she took five out of the park. Yeah, no, one was for her. What do you mean one was for her? Yeah. She took them out of so the park. She's one. Nope, she's one of them. Because she was the damaged one that probably got. Oh, so you're saying damaged pearl is one of the fifth, one of the five pearls. Yes, yes. So she had to transfer out of that. So wait, so why wouldn't you just do Charlotte first, then build your body again, put your mind back in it, then you still have an extra one? Well, the, 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 I don't write the show, man. I just live here. <laughs> no, I'm just... <laughs> there's still be an extra pearl floating around. No, no, I, th- I think there's only one extra pearl, there's and the question pearl, is, right? is it Bernard? No, the, the, the question is, is it Bernard? Hmm. Don't overthink it like Lost, man. Don't look for the, the tattoo in the, in the tiger lip. There was a, There was a tattoo on the shark. What there was one actually, and it was really awkward, but also rad, but also awkward. Tom and I, Tom and I spent like three months of our lives talking about that fucking thing, and the it was a fit of insanity on the writers. They didn't even, ever never came back with it, like the spoke beast and everything else. It's all bullshit. The absolute worst. Anyway, part of, the absolute worst part of it is when we were writing messages in Sharpie on our hands, and we went on either <laughs> sides of the glass at Blake's house, but Blake's hand was too fresh of the Sharpie, so he imprinted it on the glass. 
That's and then he cut his hand back and I'm he had a permanent fat. mark on the glass. Had to replace the entire wall of glazing. It was really awkward. And then and he put it up to a mirror and said, like, he's an asshole. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I just kept going, what's a toab? What's a toab? Mother of Both all bombs. Mother of all bombs. No. Yeah, that's a Moab, and I like that too. So, okay, so here's here's This name isn't putting tame. Here's here's an incredibly <laughs> here's an incredible tragedy in this episode. I know you'll feel as strongly about this as I do. <laughs> Palm Palm Clementia. Your favorite character, character got vaporized. killed off in a bomb. Yeah. She was vaporized <laughs> in a bomb. And as much as I love the Jeff Daniels explosion from speed, <laughs> I just was like I just wanted I wanted more of her marching around and looking fierce and we didn't get it. She was your six of nine. She really was my six of nine, wasn't she? <laughs> Damn it. I've right, that so, hilarious. <laughs> so let's so let's go back. So let's go back to oh man, listen. Just know thyself, okay? So so going back to this final this 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 battle at the um at the Solomon facility. Uh battle by horseback. So they get there and they have this big encounter. She goes out and has this all this defeatist rhetoric that's like, I know there's a season four and you don't. And then she goes out there to have her final uh kurosawa in battle and we have uh host with drone against host with drone gunship and this is wonderful sequence and what i really liked about it was they were pinned down by their support to being in this cage of structure which was this this metaphor for westworld right they were they were stuck in a world within a world in the battle in the world yes. that i still think because of sim is a world within a world well, they're both pinned down by their own constructs. Absolutely. Absolutely right. loved it. And then we have the ubiquitous Star Wars reference of losing a limb. <laughs> but, then, so, but then Caleb, but then Caleb. So the, that was the, so all of that bot, bot, insanity, blah, 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 blah. The thing that was most uh, compelling to me was the transformation of Caleb. Yeah, through his yeah. arc of understanding that he was the one who killed his friend, that it was just, <laughs> that yes. he then hired as a psychotherapist, um, yeah, and and the the whole uh, jackpot stub type approach to reality and fragmentation, all of that. So I'm just really interested to see where they take it the next episode because what does an awakening of that magnitude mean in this kind of construct? And I don't know. It'll be great. Well, and to see. how about? But in in one of the many star, uh, cyberpunky elements to this episode, uh, having Enrico Calantoni as a classic cyberpunk corporate exec that knows more about what's going on and and being like you know you're all part of the cogs in the big machine and then getting himself taken out. Oh, I yeah, love Jared Jared Kushner uh, standing. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, totally. So, I mean, as we discussed earlier with the the loss of any semblance of sanity on the outside world. I mean, if he does have this grand awakening, like, what? so what? Everyone else has lost their fucking mind. <laughs> there, there are no sane people left on the planet, apparently. Like, he's going to walk out and be like, follow me! And they're going to jump on the top well, of the taxi. Well, that was the rhetoric. My sense was that Solomon gave him the model by which he could succeed in defeating Serac. Not rallying humanity. Defeat the guy who has the ability through... Rehoboam to manipulate people. Sure, but uh, okay. the damage is done, is what you're saying. But so right? what? But so like, what? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. You kill the fuck hair. And? Right. 
Well, no, like, I, 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 well, I totally agree with you. I felt <clears> that, <throat> that was a that was a you know they left the monkey out of the bottle now moment when they did that because there's no going back, right? But I, I, but so I we have yet to see Let's this stage manifest right? itself, right? With Sirac and William and Dolores and Maeve and Caleb all on the same playing field and Bernard. Yeah. The, this whole epi- this whole season has been about never getting them all connected in the way that would lead to confrontation or resolution. Right. And so, right. and I think they're slowly assembling those pieces where they all come together. It'll, and I don't know what it'll do, but it should be fascinating. I, I do, I do understand that last season was all Bernard all the time. I get that, but I do really wish we would have more. He just feels like a MacGuffin this season. Yes. Yes. Like, yeah. What is he yeah. He's not. Or other than here is some exposition. Here is some more exposition. Right. And Je- and Jeffrey Wright is one of the strongest actors on the show. So yeah. it's a loss to not bring him up to the more. The well, I really think that there's going to be a major element of him in this last episode. It, better. it could be wishful thinking, but I feel like he's going to be the linchpin, so, as you said at the beginning. So, so what do you? What import does the you folks, the you two, give the clicker between? Yes. yes. Like so. So to me, I, this episode seven kind of gave me a glimpse of it's a flip between Team Dolores and Team Maeve. It's not about bot versus non-bot or personality versus not. To me, it's kind of like Team Maeve versus Team Dolores, and uh, it's it's uh, it's fascinating to see it manifest manifest itself like a garage door opener to hell and back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think it's interesting. We've talked about this before. It's interesting that we've seen two uh, anachronistic analog momentary switches used in the same season which is very interesting in the context of all of the hyper hyper designed, very consistent, internally consistent design work for this near future reality in the show. And in one season, we have two different characters using a low tech momentary switch. What yeah. is there? It cannot be a coincidence that Serac is using one on Maeve and Bernard is using one on himself, even though they have different functions. Right. Can it be? Mike, what do you think? Coincidence or no? <laughs> virus? No, the virus is a hoax? Why do you keep throwing over here? I don't know. I'm just a peon. <laughs> I'm a pawn in this game. Listen, I'm going to change your name now, by the way, to Sacrificial Anode, by the way. So... I, I'm cool with that. That's, that's a good <laughs> I, I'm, I'm cool with that. I mean, stylistically, uh, it shows... Well, I mean... From Bernard's perspective, it shows lack of resources, right? Yeah. Whereas from Serac's perspective, it shows he's a dick. Fair. I mean, it shows he's like, I don't need a big fancy machine. I have a clicker to fuck you. Well, I mean, but the, the thing we couldn't wrap our heads around before, or maybe maybe uh, Blake had a conclusion that I didn't share, but what I couldn't understand is how does Bernard know to will himself back to click backwards because they're treating it like in the absence of a host and a programmer taking someone in and out of diagnostic mode, he's doing it to himself. So it's, it's, it's analogous to a uh, magician mesmerizing themselves. I thought the clicker did on him. I thought it worked on everybody else. No, what? No, Bernard uses the clicker on his own self. No, Bernard uses the clicker to take himself in and out of, 
a different beta awesome. state. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, so, so how is he just, any, like any, like any, uh, like any, uh, um, mesmerized person, how would he self, how would he self realize to take himself out by using the safe word or the, yeah. So, word? so it might go back to me. It's like the, uh, Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, uh, right. uh banner Hulk. Like right. why ever go back? Why right. does the beast want to go back to normal? And, uh, they, no, there's no good answer to that right now. No, there isn't. Unless, and then Other, uh, unless, by what unless Mike it's just a, said, Dolores and Maeve occupy both sides of that divide. Yeah, but see, now I'm starting to get really interested with Mike just said because I never thought about it before. I've been I've been presenting this hypothesis that we're seeing two different things happening: a simulation and the real world, and the simulation of the real world is diverging from the real world. <clears throat> I'm starting to wonder about Mike's idea that the clicker is not actually bringing. Bernard in and out of certain uh, supervisory states, but possibly that has something to do with a bridging connection between the two. Or I need to go back and watch when he uses see, it on, and who he uses it on. Yeah, because he uses it on um, the lesser Hemsworth. The lesser Hemsworth. Yeah. Yeah. Nikolai. Yeah, so... And then <laughs> space tries to use it on Bernard, but it doesn't work. He just acts like it works. Wait, what? So <laughs> when they take him prisoner, yeah. quote unquote, and the guy goes, Thought but you didn't know I knew about this thingy, and he clicks it, and Bernard's like, Well, that didn't work on me, but I'm gonna act like it worked. Oh. Did I, was that in the last episode and I slept through it? Maybe? No, two episodes ago. The huh. um but so I think I think the whole <clears throat> clicker thing is kind of a placebo effect. Yeah. So allow them to transition or a Pavlovian reflex. Um, rather than a hardwired thing, yeah, that's fair. And because the that I think they're actually trying to use it on Mave in that context as well, and it didn't mm. work. Um, and then the kilt, and then the stop switch with uh, uh, Sorak and Mave as well, right? So who controls who? Right. And the Bernard, it's an interesting debate philosophically about does Bernard control himself? Does humanity? Does other bots? Blah 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 blah. But um. I think at the end of the day, those switches aren't going to matter a lot. Part of the problem with the who's the who is the fifth pearl problem issue is that we're running out of characters that matter. No, I think you unless it's a character stop. that hasn't appeared. No, don't lost yourself. Don't lost yourself. There are five bodies. There are five pearls. Just leave it at that. Instead of a five plus one, it's a four plus one game, my friend. What if it's the dog that she took from the pedophile? <laughs> no, she killed that asshole, and it was like fed the dog to a horse factory. Well, we don't know. She took the dog back, gave it to her son. Uh, so don't 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 lose yourself, like you did with the the lip tattoo on a shark. Don't do it. <laughs> the lip tattoo on the shark. <laughs> All right. So I did appreciate the fact that the EMP in uh, the Solomon compound was a perfect gun on the mantle that wasn't stretched oh, out and elaborated. Like that. What's that? They, that was totally Chekhov's gun. That was great. And, it's like, why don't you have a military-grade EMP? Well, that's being used later. <laughs> but, I mean, what I loved about it was it was one of two examples in this season where they let the thing just be the thing, and they mm -hmm. didn't belabor it. So, first was the Warbot Wednesdays, well, right? Well, look at this great Warbot. Well, the Saudis reneged on it, and we have 300 of them. Well, we can use <laughs> them later. And then, and then this one, which was, why do you have this military-grade EMP? Well, yeah. you know... There could be some robot fighting out. coming up. But, 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 I will say, that, that was 
gratuitous, but when am I ha- like? I was like, well, goddamn, you're going to use that giant ass robot to wreck some shit. Like oh, when that man. thing through the wall, I was like, thank you. <laughs> Has I no one like heard it. of the cloud? Has no one yeah. heard of the cloud? The or broadband or Wi-Fi? Why? Yeah. He's not too shit with that. Anyway, as much go as, on. as much as as much as I love the fact that they introduced the concept for a big a big mecha that was compartmentalized enough that individual humans could drive it over in a jeep and bring its yeah. parts out, plug it together, and then it would become the 30-foot-tall warbot. That, yes. to me, blew my mind. As a, no, I love as it. a concept for Mecha, it. just blew my mind. But my second thing is, I loved watching him smash shit up in that episode, <laughs> and the only problem was my architect brain was pissed off that I wasn't seeing rebar and shit flying all over the place and structure <laughs> in the wall. No this fair. goes back to this goes back to me watching True Lies and being aggravated that he was plowing, putting heads through uh sinks and then through the through the partition in the bathroom and there was no there there behind the plaster that he would go through so much work to create plaster that would break away so you'd see all the plaster dust and all the building material components that were flying around to give it that realism but then they put no structure in the wall so that's my only complaint it pretty much fucked up uh westworld season three for me to be honest with you on it it's it's not true i loved it to death i just loved it and i love Yes, and, and it's a red robot, right? And the and and how and thinking about how much I love soundtracks and sounds and Foley, that robot has the best robot sound in the history of robots, right? And that, it goes up against R two D two robot sounds. It just goes as right, and then it and then it and then it crushes skulls. Man, I love that. That was sound. the same thing as every Terminator bot scene ever. That was the same sound scheme. Nonsense. It was no, a beautiful sound. It's totally wrong. It totally, no, it wasn't. No, it was not a long Roomba. It was not a long no, it, Roomba. Don't when, do it, that. when it turns on, it does this like... <laughs> sound. So we know it runs off a modem. What's that? So we know it runs off a modem. Is that what you're it saying? Does, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, they fir- yeah, they fired it up three episodes. For how, for how easily it was taken out, I think it, it's like a Tandy Radio Shack kind of robot killbot wait was it I'm... taken out like when we oh, left? No, it was totally taken out like it was like my five five human machine could take it out no, no it you're blending pathetic. you're blending it in with the no it's with pathetic. the, with the no. little boston dynamics running no bipedal no no not more than worlds we're talking they killbot. That, that was not a killbot that was total bullshit they they shot up the the weird bipedal one that stole the pearl and ran away but the warbot warbot got taken we, out no it didn't they, as did. the camera pans back, those two remaining thugs were shooting oh, at it with small arms fire. That's all they did. No, 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 running away. Yeah. Yeah. No. 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 Nonsense. They're sick of that. Punk ass no. bitch. No. I, I back. They did, and also, Blake, there's 299 more of them. <laughs> well, deploy those asses because they need to go out and defer to the crowd. Okay. So, what do we think? So, I love the EMP. I love the use of it. And I love that. But by the. But Dolores used why, it. Wait, why don't they have web services? Well, who says they don't? What are you talking about? But why do you have an EMP threatening an AI that's asinine? It's a kill switch. No, it's bullshit because that just begs the question of how you're going to intercept all the frequencies it can transmit and distribute itself over. I mean, come on. I mean, I guess it, it, no, it, it's like taking yeah. handcuffs. It's like taking handcuffs to a nuclear arms treaty. It's like, just shut up. Mike, how do you feel about the EMP? You feel a well, I mean, it, 
if it answers if it answers your is it connected to anything else, then it's just there, right? If it doesn't the, one so, construct, is it nothing else? But if I they were in a Gaussian cage, no, if they were in a Gaussian cage, like we'll go to devs, like yeah. uh like a vacuum lock and a maglev and everything else where it's totally isolated from everything else it could possibly connect to. <sighs> this day. thing was this thing was in like a fucking prairie in Mexico. And uh <laughs> right? I mean I mean, no, what, like, it's like, how, much, how much background artistry do you want to show the cage? You know. So I'm sorry if you're gonna if your whole show is predicated upon artificial intelligence, you better spend some fucking time talking about the engineering of artificial intelligence. <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> God damn it! You make this real. <laughs> so like, no, this like, happens. Like, this happens from fuck time off to time. On it. Like like if like, you want to go and just bleach fight COVID, whatever. Like, but I'm gonna be this, over here on the science camp. Mike, this happens from time to time when when Blake and I podcast past 12, okay? Things get intense. Mm-hmm. Let's not kid ourselves. But what I want to ask Circus you is this, monkeys. Why no, did what? you how did you come to the conclusion that Solomon had any connection of any kind communication-wise to the outside world? I I, I don't know if it does or not. It doesn't seem like it they should. They traveled they traveled on horseback to the middle of nowhere in Sonora, Mexico. The coincidental home base for Delos's concept for Westworld. Mm-hmm. They traveled on horseback all the way to a secret facility, who's yeah. keeping the outliers, the most dangerous people, to the New World Order in check. To where a, to where an AI is sitting cooking them like hard boiled eggs. Sure. So and that's why I saw. And, and that's that's. And what you're I'm telling saying. me that that AI doesn't it's, it's have the ability to do a Wi-Fi like that um, Spanky Happy Pants is in Ed Harris. They have connections for what, like, what to do with the people and where they go. Yeah, my point is, I think that the EMP is there because they've isolated Solomon but, and that facility from the outside world. I when mean, they yeah, retired how, it. How is that possible? How is that possible? possible? Yes, how I'm not saying possible? you don't want to do that. It's just how is that possible? Like that, that begs belief because these AIs can act in certain ways. You've already seen Maeve going to be able to go to these transcendent worlds. Uh, the AIs have to have that same kind of ability to, to control those surroundings. Uh, to me, it was, it was it was like a plot construct, like an AI buddy warthog to uh, Sorok's brother to like kind of manifest his psychosis and do these subroutines, right? Warthog, if, like if an he... A-10 battleship? Is that what you're talking about? Like a gunship? No, no. So, sorry. Let me back up. <clears throat> so, if Sorok... Uh, his brother was insane, right? Yes. And they paired him with an AI. I feel like he was making a difference to do these all or crazy war he? games, right? Or was right? he? Well, I don't know. But I just find it hard to believe with a bunker like 20 feet below concrete in Sonora, Mexico, that there would not be web-based systems and Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. Unless you they wanted to would... make sure that no other system and no one could get into that and get access to it manipulate it or interfere what if then have the construct then then have the engineering safeguards that make that happen because what was portrayed to us is bullshit i disagree i think uh, i think that i think the concept of an emp was fun for the story it was just fun to see it as a as a pause on the battle i thought that was great by the way they don't look it was the stun grenade huh by the the way they don't look anything like that no why would it be that big no no but no but i get it it's not very great yeah, yeah. 
It's got to be oh. the size of Buick. <laughs> I like that. It's military grade. I did like the fact that that was stated. I think it was stated, right? Military grade EMP. Didn't he say that? Because it's it's the, it's uh, as opposed That's to the consumer grade, grade EMP. That yeah, everybody no, else he has. said, why do they have a military grade EMP? And I'm like, what? <laughs> you I, know it's military because it's, but it, you know because it's black. And it has yeah. little blinky lights. Civilian grade is pink. Civilian grade is pink. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, and it could just be chalked up for plot convenience. But I I took it to be part of an overall an overall messaging that the entire compound was off the grid, didn't exist, wasn't in records. No one could find it, no one could communicate with it, nor could it communicate with anything else. And I felt but like that, the fact um... that Solomon still exists, but yet Rohobam is active means that they're being physically separated. But, so, but you're, assuming, you're assuming that Solomon and Rehobo don't know about each other. And I, I think that's bullshit. I don't think and they so, don't know about each other. For, so in order for he, Solomon to run scenarios, it needs to know right. what Rehobo's doing. So there has to be communication that goes beyond the EMP. And so if you communicate with each other, you can communicate through such ways. I mean, what, come on. What about Winter a military mute. gradient? Wintermute. What? Wintermute. No. <laughs> what do you think? So what do you think, Mike? You think it was just a cool plot device? You just call me winter mute. No, he called you winter mute. Because oh. <laughs> I'm mute. I call it, no, Mike. So, I call I call you three Jane, and you know that. That's fair. Yes. <laughs> I would love my. I want to get a tattoo on my back that says winter mute. I think that would be great. I think it could happen. I, I want to happen across my stomach. Yep. I think um, we, we may be entering the era where the next phase of tattoos is all. You know, nerd sci-fi references. I can handle it. We will be totally. We will be declined from every reputable establishment in the uh, six Bay Area counties. Yes, just the ones that will decline you otherwise when your shirt's off. So well, who's running the? Because they have taste. Who's no, running the other outlier facilities? Is there any other? Yeah, well, I mean, Ed Harris is in one, and they said there were others besides that one. Hmm. It's all the same one. It, it can't be all the same one. It is all the same one. That's going to be the kicker. Wait up! Wait uh, up! No, they're not going to do the. They're not going to do the multiple timelines things like they did that season. It no, made no. So many people confused. That everything's going to come together in a really gl- inglorious, uh, begotten hellhole. Well, okay. So, the I the, I, I, I guarantee you, Ed Harris and like- Bernard are at the Sonora Mexico Resort on the other side of the campus. Possibly that Go, getting that, free that, Fruit Loops. Yeah, this is just, I don't know. This is just a a shutdown warehouse version of. Okay, I mean maybe, but I, I don't know. I and they were all in the same kind I, of like landscape. Said, there are many outlier facilities like this one. Hmm. Or Tommy says multiple versions of the same facility across a simulation versus the reality. Yeah. I, I think for a TV show, it's got to simplify to the reductionist and then blow up for the next season. Because you got to go from 1 to 12, 1 to 12. So. It, it would just be hard to have all the people brought to one facility in America for the world. That's well, why it's Mexico. That's Mexico. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's totally allowed. And by the way, they got there by tunnel, right? Right. Yeah. I, I'm telling you... I'm. <laughs> I, I'm still gonna plant my I'm still gonna plant my flag as Teddy Roosevelt did in the concept that we're talking about the same facility. Yeah, the this yeah. Teddy Roosevelt. 
that this this is the same facility, but we're looking at it in two different two different realities. One is a simulation, and one is the real. And I could be wrong, but I choose to be right. Okay. Because so, our, our two cast of characters have not met. Our, our two cast exactly. of characters have not interacted, so they could be interacting. I think they're across. No, I think they're. I think they're on the other sides of the camp. So wait, wait. So how do you explain the uh, the Irishman then? Because he's a Dolores who goes to a Bernard. No, uh... no, no. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, no, I understand that there are elements of this ha- that are happening within the simulation, and there's elements that are happening without it. But I'm saying at this moment. The fact that they're in a similar environment, but they're not interacting with each other, is they're in the same environment in two different, two different dimensional states. I got you. Okay, a simulated right. version of it versus the real world I, version of it. And I think, and I think they're just I'm still better than just this one sequence. Yeah, I'm still playing on the internal. I'm just, I'm just uh, choosing to pin on the concept that a lot of what we've seen this season is that. Is is that difference between Rehoboam trying to simulate things and the real simulation and the real world events, and that's what the divergences are. Mm. And if I'm proven right, then we can celebrate. And if I'm proven wrong, we can ruminate on how they should have done it the way I imagined it. Right? Because <laughs> like, the Tesseract was better for lost. lost. Tesseract was better for lost yeah. than anything else they did. Come on, so, a giant a giant. So. That transverses time. How is that bad? That was great. You're the, right. the the forty episodes that we did on laws, you can just translate now. <laughs> oh man! Remember, she's like breathing. She's holding the thing, and then she breathes, and she goes, oh. and then it clicks it, and then it fires the thing. Was that also the an fish biscuit? The fish no, biscuit. It a... No, click the oh, fish yeah. biscuit. Yeah, yeah, fish biscuit. She didn't hit a fish biscuit. <laughs> now you're trying to run a simulation within a simulation. I'm not having it. God, I love those fish biscuits, dude. What the hell moon language are you speaking? Why do we have a why do we have a polar bear and why do we have a polar bear on a desert island to eat the fish biscuits? Oh, you're right. Of course, that makes perfect sense. It was an internally consistent logic set that I loved. Why do we have fish biscuits? Because of the polar bears for shit, obviously. Come on, Mike. Official anode, please. Duh. Hey, man. Uh, obviously, obviously, I'm just a, a simple switch in your very complex simulation. <laughs> but are you within the simulation or the simulation of the simulation? We just don't know. There don't is know. no spoon. There is no spoon. I'm like a garage door opener with no garage. Yes. <laughs> so how? So directly related to this, how are they going to rationalize? Uh, lumpy 50 year old versions of the <laughs> Matrix characters filming the new Matrix movie. Are they a simulation within a simulation? It's CGI. That's how they do it. The CGI. But are they going to do that? Are they going to be like, well, life moved on. This is the real world, except it's not a real world? Or what are we doing? How there are they is making no another, how are they making no another Matrix movie? No, there is no spoon. Okay. but I don't, even, I don't know. That seems ridiculous to me. Like the last one really wasn't that good. Ha, ha, why oh, wasn't well, that no, good? I, I just I it was actually worse than the first. Uh, my question my question is who the fuck cares? <laughs> well, that's right. Yeah. The, who the only cool? reason for this movie is to have more Keanu Reeves, which we can all get behind. But there's I, some I know, other there's uses John for Wick him. Four. There's John Wick Four for that. You don't need to yeah. go back to the Makers. 
All right, guys. So so we have we have the final episode coming up in just a few short days, at which point okay. we can see how right I was. Now, uh, in the meantime, it's all safe. For- Sorry. Yeah, let's 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 talk briefly about our rum fueled recommendations for the week. So this is where we're talking about things that we've loved, that we've consumed, that we want everyone else to consider consuming. Blake, what do you have for us? The extraction. Uh the new film on uh Netflix with oh, uh, yeah. Chris Hemsworth. Oh, really? Uh, it is fan fantastic and done by the Russo right. brothers. Yeah, it is yeah. really fucking good. I, that was that popped up on our list. Yeah. That's what really the, Hem- the Hemsworth the the better. Right, no. This is Thor. Yeah, with the yeah. Hem- Hemsworth the superior versus no, Hemsworth yeah. the the lesser. There is right. There are there are no other then, Hemsworth other than the, Thor. The the, no. the lesser Hemsworth is good. I like him. He's just yeah. no. Fuck him. No. like you're Chris's brother. Yeah. No, no. The difference no. is, it, like happens with many families, a lot of of skeletal matter and tissue was in. In uh, inequitably divided amongst them, no, so the the, no. the Hemsworth the lesser is described so because he lost like a foot and a half on the overall height and mass of so the, the superior, and then the other one's just sort of like the middle road. He's the no. intermediary step in the evolutionary model. Okay, give me a fucking break. Here's what it is. Okay. <laughs> this is this is life. This is life. Okay. There's Michael Jackson. Let's not kid ourselves. And, no, shut up. Shut. There's Michael Jackson and everybody else. And there's Chris Hemsworth and everybody else in their family. And I'm sorry. Fuck off. There's Michael Jackson and Chris Hemsworth. That's it. <laughs> what is even happening? What simulation are we running right now? <laughs> this is a very weird linear progression. <laughs> it really is. No, I don't want to hear about Liam and all the other Hemsworth. I just want to hear which, about Chris. That's it. Which... Wait, which Hemsworth Liam is a, a quaalude-humping pedophile? I don't get it. What? No, What's the stop. corollary between the Hemsworths and the Jets? No, we're talking about social dogma within families. We're not talking about moral I will give you this. Law. I will give you this, that all the Hemsworths have the same nose. So that parallel, <laughs> I understand. All right, so the extraction, you're giving a yes. thumbs up. Yes. All right. Nice. And anything else there, Blake? Nope, I'm good. All right. Um... Wine Spectator magazine, so you could pick out all the best rosés for 2020 and 2021. No? Fuck off, Chardonnay. Okay. All right. Fuck off, Chardonnay. Uh, Mr. Michael, uh, what uh, about you? I'm a little late on both of them, but that's all okay. right. Uh, the Outsider. Oh, really? I have watched almost all of it in two or three days. Fucking love it. Isn't that, isn't that an extraction of a gothic romance novel cover? <laughs> the Outsider? It's a Nathan that novel. The, that's the Outlander is what I'm thinking of. No. Uh, <laughs> that's the end groper. That's the end groper. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm talking about the Jason Bateman directed horror film based, uh, horror series based on the Stephen King series. I got you. I got you. Yeah. Okay. And so it's in uh, the second season now? Uh, uh, no, no. It's still, I think it's just one season. Oh. I hope it's one season. I'm almost done. It's not. It's not Ozark. Ozark and Ozark is different. Jason Bateman, same yes. network, not yeah. the Outsider. Yes, yeah. yes. I have to the, catch up. Uh, I still have to catch up on Ozark. I need to watch Ozark. So, but no, I really dig. I really dig the Outsider. The acting is amazing. Ben Mendelsohn is oh, Mendo, hand down, love yeah. him. Love Mendo him. makes everything better. And then I would, I would really suggest 
um, if you haven't given it a shot by Rick Remender, Black mm-hmm. Science. Um, oh, really? It's all done. Uh, if you like Rick Remender's stuff, I it's do. it is a series about a scientist who punches through the fabric of reality to, to the multiverse, takes his his lab and his son and his daughter with him, and they're trying to get back home. And Fantastic. it is it's a I think it's a forty five issue series. I think it's like seven graphic novels. It's fun. I, I met like him it. years. I met him years ago at a at a convention, and he struck me as, I mean, at a time when he had been published a number of times, but yeah. he struck me as extremely um, down to earth and us like in the sense that he would, did not have the affect of a published creator, uh, talking industry and, sure. and and hobnobbing with all the others. He talked about things more like a someone like us who had broken in still. And sure. was dealing with the real certain issues and realities with, with the publishing industry. The way he talked about it, he talked yeah. about it at that time like he was still a small press guy that was breaking in when he right. had already broken in at that point. Sure. So I was very cool. that humility was very cool. That's that's good to know because I really like Steve did. Lieber's like that too. Steve Lieber's like that too. Very oh, cool. Very humble. Okay, cool. Uh, so interesting. Okay, so I will check that out. Who who published it by the way? Uh, it's Image. Okay. How do you feel about the fact that there's no comics distribution and also no comics creation right now from the majors? So um, to support my local shop, I have switched over to buying um, recommended graphic novels by the shop um, people. That's great. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I've picked up in the last couple of weeks Little Bird, which is a horror series. Uh, mm-hmm. Pretty good. Highly recommend. And um, let's see. I grabbed this week the Omnibus of Stray Bullets, which is a oh, crime, cool. oh yeah, a crime series. Um, yeah, you can buy all the issues in one giant thick. So it came to the house, and we said, "Did you order a brick?" And I was like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> and like, oh no, this is a heavy freaking book. Oh my god, so, <laughs> that's awesome. Like, yeah, um, yeah. So I just want to make sure that you know the places that I go to get. My weekly supply <laughs> still has business, so I'm, I'm going <clears> to <throat> give them props for, like, okay, cool. I'll buy graphic novels to keep your revenue stream going. Yeah, it's like Wise you're going to your regular dealer instead of the dispensary. I can appreciate that. Exactly. exactly. Um, also, side note, how is it that you maintain this entire uh, podcast without putting on your Thanos gauntlet, your Infinity gauntlet? Uh, well, I mean... I didn't think people would actually see me. <laughs> they won't, but it's it's but yeah. it's supplementary. And also, I know it's in the living room on a display stand, right? So, oh yeah, yeah. It's not even yeah. in the same room. No. Yeah, Mike. It's, Mike it's bought, very, bought uh, the best. Very... Infi- inf- Go ahead. I was going to say you bought the best Infinity Gauntlet I've ever seen. You got it's, one that was so rad. You let me put it on. I was like, this is amazing. And the best part was the magnet. The idea of the magnetic uh, magnetic jewels. The magnetic oh, yeah. stones. Yeah. I love them so much. Yeah, yeah, I will occasionally walk just put it on a walk around the house and everybody's like, Don't you fucking dare snap. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty great. Yeah, it's my Marvel Shrine. So it's it's that and the phase one and phase two Marvel this like Marvel D V D sets, the Blu ray yeah. sets, and then the Iron Man the Iron Man heart I bought at the same oh, time. Sure. Yeah, yeah. The Arc Reactor. Yeah. Tony Stark has no heart. Um, okay, so my Rumfield recommendations for this session are twofold. One is on the 
Apple TV Plus Network. I finished Mythic Quest. Yeah. So you can. Are you familiar with what? this? What? Anything? No. 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 So no, you no. understand? You understand the Apple TV Plus Network? No. <gasps> yes. This is this is Apple's Apple streaming service to compete with everybody else. So it's, they have a number no, of shows. Netflix, they... Netflix with a, Netflix with fruit. Uh, uh. <laughs> so so. <laughs> Well, that EMP. Well, we wait for that EMP to wear off. Um, Apple TV Plus is the badly named streaming service that you can get through an Apple TV or through an app on your Apple device or through an app on any other device. Did we lose Blake? We did. <laughs> it was a legit EMP right there. <laughs> He's out. I heard. I heard one line of scramble and then he was gone. So who knows? Anyway, so. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. There's a war pot in the background. It's not not being defeated is what we're hearing. So anyway, uh, so one of the first shows, there's a number of shows that are on this new uh, streaming service that they released. And basically, you can get a, the first year free. So you can sign yeah. up for it, and you get it for the whole year, and then you pay for it afterwards. And it's consistent with the others. It's like about 10 bucks or so a month. Sure. And of the series that they started with, the ones that were... Uh, most uh publicized were there's one with there's one sort of like news desk story one with reese witherspoon and a few others and then there's a um there was a there's one with jason momoa called c where it's like a whole post-apocalyptic story where everyone's blind okay Okay. Uh, but handsome and then finally uh there was also a uh project with uh house of cards and ultra carbon's own uh what's his brain uh joel kinnaman okay. uh it's an alternate reality one where nasa sends people to mars first not the moon okay okay uh but the first show that i chose to watch is called mythic west uh was it Myth- mythic quest uh raven's banquet is mythic quest colon raven's banquet so, go go to the easy title. Good job. All right. By design. Okay, so this is by the by the team that produced and created Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So okay. the whole reason that what they're doing is they're lampooning. They went and toured like Blizzard or somewhere, and they're lampooning the development staff behind a popular multiplayer okay. game. I'm in. Yes. And so, okay. uh, um, Rob. Uh, I always butcher his last name. Rob McCullenhey. McCullenhey. Welcome to Hawaii. <laughs> what did I? <laughs> what's his last name? Uh, McElhaney? Oh, okay. Let's, let let me look that right. up. That one, Rob that Mac. Yeah, Mackel. Rob McElhenney. Boy, oh boy. Well, that was definitely the twelve thirty in the morning version of his last name. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be Rob, super mad. Rob, here. Yes, Rob McElhaney, right? So, uh, anyway, so he writes and produces and stars in the show, and he's sort of playing the genius uh, brain child of sure. the of the of this whole company that's created this World of Warcraft type game, and they're trying mm-hmm. to keep it going. And okay. there are a couple other characters in it that are uh, people that are unfamiliar; they're like newer actors. And then another uh, another uh, character actor that's on this is, uh, oh man, what's his um, what's his name on Always Sunny? 
okay, the guy on Always Sunny that is like a serious uh, meth fiend, and he keeps coming back around. And he's got scabs on him, and he's all horrible. So you're gonna be you're gonna unfriend me. I've oh, never no. seen. Oh no! Oh <laughs> no! All right. Well, all that's right. a lie. I've watched like two episodes. I, I like them. I just have not yeah. watched them. Yeah, you got you got to watch until it hooks, and then once it hooks you, then, uh, th- you know, then then you can't put it down. David Hornsby is the actor, so okay. it, so he plays this like this horrible meth addict that's like hovering around the back of the bar in in Always Sunny in Philadelphia. But in this in this show, he's the executive producer for this gaming company. Um, and again, Rob McElhaney is the creative director of the of the company. And oh. there's oh, there's other yeah. stuff. Danny. Danny yeah. Pudi is in it as the oh, head like, of monetization. And then F. Murray Abraham is the head writer. And he's like this 70s, uh, 70s uh, uh, fiction writer who's got his award in the case. And he's all he's a drunk and he's all about back in the day. And he's always talking about all these histrionics about about writing uh, great literature. But he's like this hack that had his moment and now is writing for a game company. Right. So it's hilarious. Yeah. You should have led with Ashley Birch. Oh yes, well, okay, I understand. <laughs> what did you know her from before this? Uh, hey, Ash, what you playing? Or Tiny oh. Tina? Ah, web series. The web series, yeah. right? The web series is great, but um, I mean, I I knew her first from Tiny Tina from Borderlands. Okay, interesting. I did yeah. not know that about her at all. Yeah, I just so looked it's... at her Wikipedia. Now I see it. Yeah, or she's um, Horizon Zero Dawn. She's the voice yep. for that character. Yeah, she's oh, wow. great. She's yeah. an amazing voice actress. It says here she's a writer on Adventure Time. I had no idea about that either. Oh, that would make sense. Yeah. Well, all the more reason for you to check out this show. It's interesting. Yeah, it's, totally. It doesn't mean as much to you having not watched uh, Always Sunny, but it is not the same level of depraved lunacy as Always Sunny. It is much okay. more contained, but it is... Okay. Sort of like Always Sunny is crossed with Silicon Valley because it's very okay. contextual for the world in which they're they're operating in this in this show, and I really enjoyed it. I think you'll I enjoy it. it. Well, here and uh, the, I will promise to start watching some Sunny, some Always Sunny, and I'll give you updates if I ever get invited back. I'll yeah. tell you, yes, you will, and I'll tell you what: if you go back and watch season one, I will go watch and see watch season one as well because it's a show. Somehow, it's the most absurd, insane off-color sitcom ever on FX right. channel. And it happens to be the longest running show in ever, ever. Like it's ridiculous. I think it passed. If it didn't pass Simpsons and Gunsmoke, I don't know what, but it's like, it, it's incredible how long it's been on. Sure. So, yeah. uh, okay. I, and the I, other I, thing, huh? I had friends explain to me like some of the, some of the backstory and I was like, Oh, that's kind of interesting. Like how Danny DeVito got involved and how mm-hmm. that was kind of contentious at first. And then it ended up being amazing. And, how oh, yeah. one of the characters is a serial killer. And I'm like, what? What? Well, actually, that's Mr. F- that's that's Reed Richards from earlier in this conversation. Is the guy yeah, that is a serial yeah. killer on Always Sunny? Yeah. And also, what's confusing is the actors on the show that are actually uh, spouses in real life, but they're not the ones you think they would be. So major oh, actors on the okay. show are actually interconnected in that way. And anyway, it's a whole thing. Okay. And then the other thing I was going to say for Rumfield recommendations, and this has less emphasis when uh, Blake has EMP'd himself and Chris is not even here, but uh, I'm watching the current season of the Clone Wars. 
which is the oh, return. Oh to my the, God. Yeah, it's the return to the final season and f- tying up with these loose ends. Have you been watching it too? Oh yeah, man. Os- anything with Oscar, man. Oh, she's so great. So she's we're gonna so have great. to talk next time. Maybe maybe we'll we'll fold it into the next time when uh, we'll have seen the last episode of that as well, because yeah. the penultimate episode that we just had was amazing. It was like of the best Clone Wars anything, right? Oh, and yeah. it was so cinematic and it was so wonderful. And I love the fact just just briefly we had this big confrontation between Ahsoka Tano and Maul, and. Yeah. And these are events that are taking place within a week of Artic- of uh, Order 66 and the destruction yep. of the Jedi and everything else. And all the events that are happening in the background of this episode is Anakin going and being the the disastrous spy with Palpatine and yeah. Dooku has been de- decapitated and it's all like right down to the short hairs, so to speak. Yep. And we have this battle. And what I absolutely loved about it is that they rotoscoped Ray Park doing Maul again and this really really talented stunt uh um uh fighter to be a Sokotano and they filmed yeah. the entire thing from multiple angles and everything and then they animated yeah. over it and that's why it's so fluid and amazing and that yeah. whole sequence where they're having their confrontation and the light quality of that room and then the background uh, battles and then the glass breaks and all that stuff i saw yeah. a tweet that someone said that um that uh, Filoni invented cinema. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh I just, man, that's I love the trailers. Like, there's that throwaway scene in the Mandalorian for when the Mandalorian is put in the put in his hidey hole, and you yeah. see the Death Watch. Oh, you yeah. actually see Death Watch armor like going down the street, and I'm like, I know when this happened. Like that. Like yeah. I was watching with my friends and Ruby. And we were all sitting there, and I was like, Death Watch! I know when this happens! They're like, shut up, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. But that's what's been so wonderful about this sequence of of Star Wars properties, that they're coming out at various points in the timeline, but they're allowing it's allowing them to interconnect the retcon in a beautiful way that doesn't feel retcon-y, it feels organic, right? Yeah, it does. It's, it's almost like it. a cherry novel, or a cherry series. It totally is. <laughs> and, and, and in fact, how great was it that they said, oh, you know, season two Mandalorian, uh, Ahsoka Tano is going to be played by Rosario Dawson, like everyone oh, always God. imagined. Like, and then yay. at the same time, they're talking about, oh, actually, there might be a new Rebel series coming out. Hint, hint. Oh, and also she's been fil- she's been uh, signed for multiple projects. They're taking a- they're taking one of the most beloved Star Wars characters that's never been on on film and yeah. they're going to make her the linchpin to a whole new generation of stories. I bet you. It's because she, she had such a good story. Like, uh, like she showed up, and I was like, "What is this?" And then she's by the like worst in the first episode, right? Yeah, but then in like the miniseries after, and stuff. Oh my god! Like you get through her arc, and you're like, "This character is the shit." Yeah, yeah. When you're talking so about the good. rise and fall of a group, rise and fall of an institution and a group of people, to have a yeah. character who was in. And was pushed out and saw them from a different perspective and was no yeah. longer drinking the Kool-Aid. It was a fascinating oh, so thing. Good. Yeah. But not but not but not bitter, which is amazing. No. She it's transcended. Still a she's yeah. not a Jedi, but she's like a good person with all these powers and like I'm gonna still use them for good. Well, it's know? a lot like some of the themes in the good parts of the new of the current uh trilogy, 
which is the concept of the Jedi Order is a flawed political or 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 organizational construct. But what it means to be a Jedi is something divorced from that. They they leaned heavily on that in the in the sequel trilogy, right? And I think that that's where we're going with her is that she is like, well, I'm not part of the Jedi Order, but I'm still a Jedi because she's done a lot of like protesting too much, right? And I yeah. think that's what we're going to get to is because by the time we see her next in Rebels, she's full on, right? So yeah. I don't know. I love so, it. In Rebels is the person is the person flying the ship. Is that the woman we just met? Hmm. Because you know when the ship comes in and Ren goes off with Ahsoka, there's another person with them. Okay, so you're talking about the end of Rebels. Yeah. And you're saying, am I misremembering? Yes, maybe. Wait. Wasn't the end of Rebels that... Ah, okay, I see what you're saying. We saw... uh, We saw Ezra step with Ahsoka into... Ezra and Thrawn get taken. And then Ren goes with Ahsoka. And then we see a flash forward. And now it's Ahsoka appearing to Ren saying, come with me. I found her, and then they take off. Wasn't it just them, or was there a third? I thought there was a third person on the ship, but maybe I'm just adding mm. that person in now. They've shown us the new pilot, who I really like. Oh, you're talking about one of the uh, one of the uh, Latina Sister. sisters? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that could the be. Like, the likable sister. <laughs> What's that? The likable sister. Yeah, the likable one. Yeah. Uh, I really like the character models on them, though. Boy, I do, talk I about do. if you like a fade, right? They had the fades down, right? Oh my god, yeah. All right, it, so plant. Uh, yeah. Um, what's her face? Uh, from the so she was the the Tully from Game of Thrones. Was Tully, is that right? Hmm. She was the one who married the prince who was gay. Yeah. That girl. What's her name? I love her. She's, but. She, when she was in the Hunger Games, she had that that well, cool Penny hair. Penny Dreadful. You're talking about she's in Penny Dreadful. She's the she's the devil, right? In the latest version of uh, yes. Penny Dreadful. What is her name? So she was Marjorie Mar- Marjorie or whatever in Game of Thrones. Yes, um, that's her. Yeah. yes, yeah. She in Hunger Games, right? That's what you're talking about when she faded her yeah, hair. When she had that nice fade. Yeah, it's like yeah, that that looks really good. Hunger Games. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to pretend like I'm not looking it up, but we have to get the actor's name right because you know, otherwise. Terrible that I've, I've just been not pulling anyone's name tonight. I blame the rosé. Well, we joke. Well, yeah, but we joke. We've joked about this for forever, Chris and I, that we're the, the the worst podcast for accuracy because we're people who knew a lot of stuff and were really into the trivia of all kinds of entertainment stuff, and then we started pr- producing a podcast right at the time when our brains were mush. Yeah. So our the con the. The podcast in general is just us waving our hands, going that one guy from the one thing. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I can't remember her name. Well, okay, Penny Dreadful. I'll look that up. Penny Dreadful. So, thinking about your uh, plan plundering, though, while I look that up, what do you plan on plundering? What is your next? What's what's on your hot list to watch? Oh shit. Um, well, always sunny now, so that'll be my next uh-huh. jump on that. But I need something that I can like sink into 
Because that's kind of why I did Outsider, because I needed something to be like, just kind of, I need something meaty and not, not that mm-hmm. I'm saying Always Sunny is light, but I wanted something kind of visceral. Um, you know what? I really haven't thought about it because I was just, I'm really looking forward to this last episode of The Outsider. Um, Hmm. I never watched Luther, and I really did want to watch Idris Elba do something badass. I have that on my list, and I haven't, <clears throat> I haven't gotten to it. Yeah, so that might be. I might need another crime series. Plus, it's British, so it's not that long. <laughs> um, and you get to hear him with his own his real accent, which is fun. Yeah, which is always awesome. Uh, did you see? Did you watch Devs already? I have not watched Devs. Is that is that worth it? Okay, so I'm going to add it to my plan, my rum field recommendations because we do need to talk about it later. Okay. Uh, only watch it at night. Get a okay. glass of whiskey. Get the lights off. Watch it okay. in the same. Just kind of sit in the same chair. That's what I did. I sat in the same chair with a glass of whiskey every night, and I every time it was on that I watched it, and I just had this surreal experience where it bridged all those times together. Okay. So like as if it was all one experience, even though it was several nights. Um, gotcha. I thought it was fascinating. You have to like Alex Garland, which I love Alex Garland. Annihilation, Deus Ex Machina, oh. or Ex Machina, rather. And, do you love um, Was that? I did love Ex Machina. Did you like yeah. Annihilation? I never saw it. Okay. So go ahead and put that on your list. Okay. Annihilation, because uh... <laughs> holy crap, you got to see that movie. Well, I mean, I want to see it, but, like, a friend of mine read the book, and she was like, this movie sucks. And I was like, okay, what happened? She's like, it's nothing like the book. I'm like, that's too bad. Yeah, but that doesn't matter. I mean, yeah, I've heard that from several people, that the book is a book series, and it goes into a whole different detail. But in and of itself, and he even yeah. described it as, I made the book, I made the movie that is my mental image of things that I read in the books. Like, it's yeah. not intended to be a, a literal adaptation. It's an amalgamation, and he's sort of blended it together. But so, it is this, so pro, it is so atmospheric and evocative. Okay. Yeah, I will totally watch it. So, so Debs is very slow burn. Okay. The, you, so the thing you said reminded me of my favorite comment from. Um, I I'm not sure if you watch cartoons still. I still do. Did you uh, watch the new Voltron series? Um, only I've only seen a few fragments of it. Sure. Okay. So uh, the developers of that said. We didn't want to recreate Voltron. We wanted to make a show that is how we remembered Voltron being when we were kids. That's and perfect. I'm like, yeah. yeah, that is a really good way to look at that. And it, it was like, because it is not the same show, <laughs> but it's fun. Like, it's just, it's more, it has a youthful exuberance, which is kind of cool. That's but a really great way of putting it. Annihilation reminded me of that. That's, so that's a really cool. great way of putting it. And I like that because the i like the idea of the validity of doing a show that is based on natalie dormer i just remembered it penny dreadful yeah, that's her yes fade yeah so Good job. thank you sir um i like the idea that there's validity in doing um to cre- in creating in art whatever the yeah. format is that that evokes your memory of or your feeling that you got from experiencing something as opposed to being 
a literal adaptation or reference to it. And to yeah. me, I think that's I think that's fascinating because of the nature of memory. Yeah. We evolve in our memory as we grow, our memory shifts and changes. Nostalgia is never things never were like they used to be, right? Oh, yeah. I love that concept. So to me, the idea of recreating a show is just this is what it felt like. Yeah. Uh, is valid. Because especially when you go back to the well, sometimes you're like, well, that's not at all what I thought it was. The, what I was referencing, though, about devs was that um, you said that you wanted to watch Luther, and I was talking about the accent. And there is a brief moment in uh, devs where Georgia King, the actress Georgia King, is, is seen. Do you know who that is? I did think you see? So, yeah. Did did you see the show Vice Principals on uh, Vice Principal on HBO? Yes. She's yeah, the yeah. school teacher that he's a, obsessed with. Okay. So I was convinced she was like Midwestern, possibly from the near South, but yeah. something like that. She's British, and in oh. Devs you hear her natural accent. And at first yeah. I was like, "Huh, weird that they made her do an English accent. I wonder why they did that. What's the re- what's the relevance to that?" And then I looked it up and found out that she was British, and I was like, "What the." <laughs> My worldview shattered, just like Man at Arms would say. All right, so my my plan. <laughs> do you remember? Uh, do you remember back in the day those um, uh, that uh, you could buy things like toys and things that might have a companion product that was a record? I yes. bought. We got a series of He-Man figures that had records with them, oh, and I played those. Played those records and my fa- and then the companion comic that you read with it. And my yeah. favorite one was Man at Arms, and they smashed it. And he goes, "My weapon shattered." And I just, like, <laughs> I ne- I could never stop laughing at that just because I loved it so much. Those old sword and sandal He-Man comics were awesome. They really were. They were they were nothing like what the story became when the cartoons no. came out. No, I've been drawing my way through the a lot of the characters from the Master of the Universe for some reason in the last year. So, um, it's been fun revisiting some of them and, you know. Some of them were so ridiculous. They really were. Well, of course, the ones that were tied. That whole story, did you watch, like, The Toys That Made Us? Did you see the oh episode about that? Dude, I I love that series. Have you yeah, watched series the is... one? No. No, no, not yet. But in the Master of the Universe one, I loved how they were, like, crass and they're just like, ah, and they're yeah. contradicting each other and swearing and they're just really blunt. But I loved, and they're old and everything, but I loved how it was it's just a toy line who cares and they had to make yeah. the cartoon and it validates everything we always knew about it but what i loved was the remembering so many of the variants of the characters that i had or my friend had that i had forgotten you yeah. know what i mean yeah Stinkor. i think my favorite, my favorite in that series was when they were they were in the um the boardroom with marvel comics for gi joe and they're uh-huh. like, well, who do they fight? Oh, the other toys. We can't we can't do that. And then the, <laughs> dude, the back's like, Cobra. They fight Cobra. Oh, man. I absolutely love it. Uh, okay. So my plan plundering then is, let's see. What's my plan plundering? Well, uh, uh, I, the toys that made us, I need to get, catch up on that. Um, oh, that the team... Us. It's really hard to watch, just so you know. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, no. Yeah? Yeah, Eastman and Laird are not friends anymore. No. No, no, of course not. Right. Um, I'm going to keep going on American Gods because, like I said, I watched the first two episodes and decided I liked it. 
I, my my sense from the production quality of it and the way that they're telling the story is it feels in a way like what they were going after with Preacher, but didn't quite yeah. nail. And I love Preacher. Yeah. But I mean, it's but, really so cast. Just wait till you get to Chernabog because that's an interesting. Okay. That's when it gets interesting. Uh, it made me think when I started watching it, it really made me think of uh, you and Ruby for one specific reason. I was curious if you read fables yeah and do you know if there has ever been a, a live action adaptation explored for fables i do not think so i okay. mean so the problem is that disney made once upon a time yeah and someone tries to put their foot in there now it might be a problem yeah i can understand that okay. yeah interesting all right because they were all kind of connecting together because it's a whole series of independent comics that I didn't read. And yeah. I started linking them together because of the idea of mythology and fable and fables. Is, and... fables it's a good series. I, I stopped before it actually ended. Um, I stopped after a big major arc finished and they uh -huh. started up next, like the next bad guy. And I'm like, I don't need another bad guy. I think this was a good place to be done. <laughs> I I had the uh, I had a screen like a desktop screen of the Lion Cat for a long time, completely divorced oh, from the story. I just no. really liked it. Huh? Saga Saga's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lion Cat. Yeah, yeah. the uh, yeah. Just found out. So I've caught up on since the we've been sequestered. I've caught up on a lot of the series that I had fallen off on, and I thought Saga was done. Got to that last issue, and it's a oh okay, different story. Yeah, I'm it's sorry. Not I thought that Saga and Fables were the same story. Different, oh, different. No, no, different, different, different. Saga, I like Saga way better than I like Fables. I but was thinking of. I was on. thinking of Saga is what I was thinking of. The guy with the horn head, right? Yeah, that's Saga, right? Yeah, okay. I know a cosplayer doesn't really mean version of that character. Saga, Marco. Yeah, Saga is fantastic. It pushed so many. It, it was just like, we're going to tell a story, and we're going to do sex, and we're going to do violence, and we're just going to go for it. And it wasn't gratuitous. It was just like, this is what happens. Like, yeah. Here we are. That's excellent. Well, yeah. this has been this has been super cool. And, um, uh, you know, it's too bad that Blake EMP'd himself and couldn't finish off his planned plundering component. But um, it is. The, uh, the, uh, the, the Japanese whiskey might have had a factor. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't parsing a lot of what he said towards the end, so I think that maybe he just ascended to another level. He might have <laughs> stepped. He might have transitioned to the simulation instead of the simulation within a simulation that we were in. Right. But uh, anyway, that's. Good.